ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञानतिरांध्य ज्ञानाजन शलाकया चक्षुर्मील तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित भूतले स्वयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददाति स्वदाक वंदेह श्रीगुरोतपदकमल श्रीगुरून वैष्णवाग्रजात सह गणरघुनाथा तम सजीव साइत सवधूत पिजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेव श्रीराधाकृष्णपादान सह गणलिता श्री विशाखान्ता हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाकमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरे प्रि वाछाकलतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पति पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम नमो ओं विष्णुपादा कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिवेदात स्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद्रीअदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर जॉइनिंग फॉर दिस फिफ्थ एपिसोड ऑफ द ईशोपनिषद सीरीज एंड टूडेज वर्स is the fourth verse of ishopanishad it's a very interesting verse so word to word please repeat after me anejat we are looking at the word to word here not on the top this verse not here because there is with the sandhi here is after the vichhed is done after the separation is done anejat ekam manasah javiyah na enat devah apnuvan purvam arshat tat dhavatah anyan अत्येतिषत तस्परिश्वा दधाति सो इन योर फ्री टाइम काइंडली सी हाउ दीज दीज वर्ड्स इन द वर्ड टू वर्ड मीनिंग आर डिफरिंग फ्रॉम द द स्पेलिंग ऑफ द वर्ड्स इन द वर्स इट सेल्फ सो एज यू see this more often and observe these uh, differences then you will understand how what words will become what
you know, we have discussed this at length in the shloka learning series. Uh, so put it into practice. You got to put it into practice, otherwise you will forget all that you have learned. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, line to line. So please repeat after me. Aneja dekam manasojaviyo. Nainad deva apnuvan purva marshat. Tadhavatonyan atyeti tishthat. Tasmin apo matarishvadadhati. Again, once more. Aneja dekam manasoja viyo. Nainad deva apnuvan purva marshat. Tadhavatonyan atyeti tishthat. Tasmin apo matarishvadadhati. Okay. Anejat, fixed. Ekam, one. Manasaha, than the mind. Javiyaha, more swift. Na, not. Enat, the Supreme Lord. Devaha, the demigods like Indra, etc. Apnuvan can approach. Purvam in front. Arshat moving quickly. Tat he. Dhavataha those who are running. Anyan others. Atyeti surpasses. Tishthat remaining in one place. Tasmin in him. Apaha rain. Matarishva the gods who control the wind and rain. Dadhati, supply. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, although fixed in His abode, the personality of Godhead is swifter than the mind and can overcome all others running. The powerful demigods cannot approach Him. Although in one place, He controls those who supply the air and rain. He surpasses all in excellence. <clears throat> we will connect the translation to the Sanskrit. Anejad. Ejad. Um, what is that? Anejad means fixed. Uh, ejad means, actually the next verse you will see. Tad ejati. Ejati means walks. Anejat means he does not walk. Fixed like a tree. F- tree is called anejat. Because it doesn't walk. Now here, next verse also actually is very interesting. Similar to today's verse. Anejad ekam manasojaviyo. You see, anejad ekam means, anejad means fixed. He is not moving, fixed. Ekam, one. Manasaha, than the mind, Javiya, more swift. You see, he is fixed in one place, but then he is swifter than the mind, he is faster than the mind. 
So, although fixed in the abode, the personality of Godhead is swifter than the mind. You see? This is the first line. Hmm. Now, Naina Deva Apnuvan Purva Marshat. Naina Deva Apnuvan. And can overcome all others running. What is that? Na Enat. Nainat is Na Enat. Enat means this. This actually. Enat means this. But we, because we are talking about the Isha. Isha Vasamidam Sarvam. So because we are talking about the Isha. So this means in this case this Supreme Lord. Not that Enat means the Supreme Lord. No. Enat means this. But because we have been talking about the subject. It means this Supreme Lord. Aneja Dekam Manasojaviyo Na Enat Deva Apnuvan Purva Marshat. So, Apnuvan means can approach. Na Enat Deva Apnuvan. That means the demigods. Deva means the demigods like Indra, Chandra, and all the various demigods. Uh, even, to the, even to the extent of Lord Brahma himself. So, all of them cannot approach him. Although he is situated in one place, he is more swifter than the mind. These are actually opposites. <clears throat> How can one be at one place? At the same time, he is so fast than the mind that apnuvan na apnuvan na enat deva apnuvan purva marshat. The demigods cannot um, approach him or catch him. They cannot. He is moving in front of them. You know, Purvam. Purvam means in front. Arshat, moving quickly. He is moving quickly in front of them and they cannot catch up. What is this? Why Supreme Personality of Godhead is running and why the demigods are catching him? No, <laughs> that's not the thing that's going on here. They are saying that even though situated in one place, his movement is so fast while he is sitting in one place, at the same time he is moving. Nobody can, nobody can go even near him. That fast he moves. That is the supreme law. Not that you know he is running away and the demigods are chasing him. No, there is no chasing going on here. It is just to show that the, the, the speed at which the supreme lord moves, when he moves. Not when he moves. He moves while staying still. We can't do that. It's impossible for us. Either we stay still or we move. Sthavar or Jangam. You know. You know, either you are stationary or you are moving. But the Lord is stationary and moving at the same time. This is the inconceivable nature of the Lord. Okay, kindly tell me if there is a lag because I do feel lag here. I think the video lagged. Right? The thing it was alright, suddenly it has I think the lag. I think let me know in the comments though. So um, coming back to the point, he is situated in one place at the same time he is moving. Uh, you see Vishnu Teja is saying there's a lot of lag. Yeah, I don't know actually why these things happen though. No idea. Just everything off. I don't know. Anyway, let's go. What what can we do? <clears throat> it, it's not the lag is not on your end. It's something 
here because I can see it here right here there is something some problem here I don't know what is the problem is anyway we'll try to go hopefully it will get fixed by itself so um, he's fixed and moving at the same time and he moves so fast that the demigods can't even catch him or can't even get him so the third line overcome overcome is this atyeti um, surpasses or overcome so the powerful demigods cannot approach him although in one place he controls so running all others running where is his running mention um, here that is move swiftly arshat and also dhavata those who are running see that so in this way oh that's so slow hmm. in this way there is okay let me just do one thing okay I have disconnected one of the devices let's see how it goes and let's see this one oh, this is fine okay so <clears throat> and then anyan anyan means others um, he is running faster than others and he surpasses them tasmin apa apo although situated in one place uh, he is controlling the great demigods of the wind and the rain actually if you see the wind and the rain especially the wind it moves you know so fast sometimes when there is a storm it moves so fast but then the supreme lord is situated in one place but he is controlling the demigods who control the movement of air hmm. So that is the inconceivable nature of the Supreme Lord. Now, if you just observe the Ishopanishad, until now it was uh, the Supreme Lord who is complete and perfect. And next verse is how we have to acknowledge the supremacy of the Lord and understand that everything is His property. And then we should only take that which is um, set aside for us as our quota and the rest we should... Um, use it in the service of Krishna and then if we do like that we can live for 100 I mean not 100 hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years without incurring any sin and without incurring any piety only akarma which is devotional service to Krishna and thus get liberated from the um, karma bandha karma bandhana the, the what is that network of fruitive activity but if we don't do like that, the next verse is, the third verse of uh, Ishopanishad. If we don't act in that capacity, then we are acting sinfully. And we will be sent to the Asurya Namate Loka, that we have read yesterday. So, so today's verse is actually a switch in you know the direction of the... Because this is Upanishad. So, we have to always understand, in Upanishads, 
the topic uh, changes because it's Upanishads are like the headlines of the Vedas, like the summarization of the Vedas. And in very short, very huge concepts are um, embedded into very short lines, very short number of words. So that is Upanishads. So we have studied that part until now, but now the inconceivable nature of the Supreme Lord in the, this and the next verse, uh, the inconceivable nature of the Supreme Lord and how the issue Upanishad is actually warning us not to use our uh, tiny intelligence to understand the Supreme Lord because he is so fast, even at the speed of the mind we cannot reach him. Hmm. <clears throat> in the Brahma Samhita also this is stated. But anyway, we will go through the purport and we will connect the verses as we go on. So, we read the translation again. Although fixed in his abode, the personality of Godhead is swifter than the mind and can overcome all others running. The powerful demigods cannot approach him. Although in one place, he controls those who supply the air and rain. He surpasses all in excellence. So, this is the Supreme Lord's situation. Very contradictory, opposite, um, you know, traits. Existing simultaneously in Krishna. Now, when somebody is in one state, like even us, we have different kinds of moods, different kinds of, you know, um, like for example, a person in the, if he is a businessman, when he is in the business meeting, he behaves in one way and when he is with his family, he is in another way. When he is with his friends, he is in another way. So, when he is in one way, when he is behaving in one particular way, he cannot behave in the other way at the same time. Hmm. He is in that mood and this mood, you know, whatever um, situation he is in. But the Supreme Lord, he is at the same time, he is everything. Now, that is very difficult to understand. Uh, and actually, we cannot understand. And why this sloka is even there? It is not. The, it is not mentioned that so that we understand how the Lord is um, stationary and running at the same time. No, we just can't understand Him. So it is to accept the infallibility or, and the inconceivability of the Lord. Unless we, <clears throat> unless we accept the inconceivable nature of the Lord, the infallible nature of the Lord. There is no point in um, taking any instruction from such person like Bhagavad Gita, Shri Bhagavan Uvacha. Why is it so important? Because Bhagavan is speaking himself. Bhagavan himself is speaking. Yes, I know um, there is lagging there. But I just can't do much. I, we can just hope that it will be solved itself. I just can't do much about it beyond my control. I have done everything I could. Um, maybe a restart would do, but we can't do that now in the, in, in the midst of the live stream. So, I think you probably have to bear with this for as long as it will happen. So, alright, we will go ahead. So, uh, where were we? So, unless we accept the inconceivable nature, infallible nature of the Lord, there is no point in um, accepting any instructions from the Lord. So, Sri Bhagavan Vacha in Bhagavad Gita, when Bhagavan is speaking, the, the inconceivable person who is the Lord and master of everything, who is always correct, is speaking. 
he is never wrong and if he does appear to be wrong that is our defect because we are wrong we find some defect with the lord or a defect with his teachings a defect with his scriptures it is never the defect with the scriptures because the scriptures are perfect they come from the supreme lord supreme lord is perfect and his word is perfect if we do find any incongruencies or something which is difficult for us to accept that means we are at fault our understanding we are contaminated our understanding is polluted our perception is polluted so that's what it's all about so these verses are there to warn us not to think of the supreme lord as one of us hmm. now purport actually even this translation there are a few verses which can be tied to this translation itself hmm. actually but prabhupad he touches upon those verses in the purport so we will go directly to the purport through mental speculation even the greatest philosopher cannot know the supreme lord who is the absolute personality of godhead he can be known only by his devotees through his through his mercy so in brahma samhita 5.34 it is stated that even if a non devotee philosopher travels through space at the speed of the wind or the mind for hundreds of millions of years he will still find that the absolute truth is far far away from him so okay let's start going to the verses now the mental speculation through mental speculation even the greatest philosopher cannot know the supreme lord who is the absolute personality of god he can only he can be known only by his devotees through his mercy so vedeshu durlabha madurlabha atma bhaktao अद्वैतमच्युतमनादिमनंतरूपम आद्यम पुराणपुरुषम नवयौवनम च विल टेक दैट वर्स आउट आई थिंक इट्स 533 इफ आई एम नॉट रॉन्ग यस अद्वैतमच्युतमनादिमनंतरूपम आद्य पुराण आद्यम पुराणपुरुषम नवयौवनम च वेदेशु दुर्लभमुर्लभमात्मभक्तौविंदमादिपुरुषं that means there is no competition the advaitam means there is no one equal to him there is no second personality of god a competitor hmm. he is without a second that means he is one and and ekale ishwar krishna ar sabhritya a only one supreme lord and everyone else is a servant and krishna is that supreme lord so he is one without a second there is no match for him like for example if there is a strong man for example there will be another strong man who will match him up eventually even if he is kind of strong for the time being but there will be somebody else who will match him or maybe even defeat him so like this uh, there may be a second but they can never be a second for the lord nobody can match him in anything not only strength beauty wealth anything anything you take nobody can match the lord um who is not subject to dk 
Navayauvanamcha. That means he is always full. He never grows old. See, he never subject to decay. He is without a beginning. Advaitam achyutam anadim. Anadim means without a beginning. Whose form is endless. Anantarupam. Who is the beginning and the eternal Purusha? Adhyam Purana Purusham. Navayauvanamcha. And he is a person possessing the beauty of blooming youth. Navayauvanamcha. Always youthful. Now, Vedeshu Durlabham Adurlabham Atma Bhakta. So, he is not accessible to the Vedas. That means, even if we read Vedas, we cannot understand him. Although Vedas are meant to understand him, um, meant to facilitate our understanding of him, but we can understand him even by reading Vedas. Then, why are the Vedas there? So, the Vedas are there, but to understand, to unlock the meaning of the Vedas, we need a Guru. A Guru who is connected with Krishna personally. He is a confidential servitor of Krishna. Such a person only can reveal the meaning of the Vedas. That is explained. Yasya Deve Parabhaktir. See this? Shvetashvatara Upanishad, chapter 6, text 23. Yasya Deve Parabhaktir Yatha Deve Tatha Gurau Tasyaite Kathitha Hyartha Prakashante Mahatmanaha. Only unto those great souls who have implicit faith in both the Lord and the spiritual master are all the imports of Vedic knowledge automatically revealed. They are automatically revealed. So, Otherwise, if we don't have that complete faith in Krishna, uh, in the spiritual master and Krishna, reading the Vedas for millions of years will do no good. Nothing. Will, there's no good in that. So, Vedeshu Durlabham, just by the study of the Vedas, we can't understand. Hmm. But Adurlabham Atma Bhaktao. You see? And the next verse, we will go to the next verse because that is that even clarifies more things. Well, The translation of Bhaktisiddhanta Sujit Thakur is very difficult to understand. No? But try to understand, right? This is 5.34. Panthastu koti shatavatsara sampragamyo vayo rathapi manaso munipungavanam sopyasti yat prapadasimnya vichintya tatve govindamadipurusham tamaham bhajami. Translation, I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, only the tip of the toe of whose lotus feet is approached by the yogis who aspire after the transcendental and betake themselves to pranayam by drilling the respiration or by the jnanis who try to find out the non-differentiated Brahman by the process of elimination of the mundane extending over thousands of millions of years. So, <laughs> okay, we understand this, but many of you, I think, it just went way over the head. So, um, if you read Prabhupada's books, if you understand the philosophy, then you will understand this, if you read it slowly. So, I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord. That is understood. Okay. Primeval means the, the beginning, the first one. Um, 
the supreme lord the original lord um, i worship govinda the primeval lord only the tip of the toe of whose lotus feet is approached simni avichintatve yat prapada simni avichintatve avichintya means incomprehensible hmm. so the tip of the yat prapada prapada means the toes of the supreme lord the yogis panthastu koti shatavatsara sampragamyo you see extending over millions thousands and millions of years this is actually in the first line panthastu koti koti shatavatsara sampragam hundreds of millions of years if one moves to get the lord you know the lord is ever elusive we can't get him panthastu koti shatavatsara sampragamyo vayorathapi manaso munipungavanam even at the speed of wind or mind and here he said betake themselves to pranayam by drilling the respiration so by wind means um it can be going at the speed of the wind or it is by the yogic process where they they drill the respiration i mean the the respiration you know breathing pranayama you know um puraka kumbhaka rechaka you know sunyaka so these things you know that means puraka means inhaling to the max and then uh, kumbhaka means keep it there and then rechaka means exhaling and sunyaka means after the air is all completely passed out then leave it there don't intake air so in in this way there is so much breath control so that is also called wind so um so even if one does this kind of yogic process in other words or even if he moves at the speed of the wind it it means both things so prabhupada translated it as moving at the speed of the wind or mind uh, whereas he uh, bakshidan saraswati thakur uh, he uh, translated it as gyanis and yogis manasa manaso munipungavanam that means at the speed of the mind if one moves that means not only physically moving at the speed of the mind mind is very very fast it is faster than light mm. so moving at the speed of the mind physically is one thing the other other meaning is to speculate to see as far as the mind can go and speculate about the lord uh, by elimination of the mundane what is that this is neti neti or the supreme lord is not this not that not this not that not this not that what he is they don't know the neti neti so basically if they see anything in this material world um like for example um say well, this is water bottle say huh this water bottle is a material thing it is water it is you know this, this can't be the lord so this is not neti this is not so neti means this is not so this can't be the supreme lord that can't be the supreme lord that is not supreme lord that is not supreme lord he is not supreme lord he is not supreme lord like this we can go on and on and on but we can never understand who is actually the supreme lord we can understand maybe who not is the supreme lord but who is the supreme lord we cannot understand and whether he is a person or not also we cannot understand just by our mental speculation we have to accept words from him then yes we will understand how he is a person we have to accept his words hmm elimination of the mundane so that is manasa uh, the gyanis and the wind is the yogis 
So jnanis and yogis, they cannot understand even if they endeavor for millions and billions of years. Or even if you move at the speed of the mind, anejadekam sojaviyo, faster, swifter than the mind. And this is exactly what it means. Even if you speculate about him for millions of years, you will never get him. He is always ahead. And even if you actually physically move at the speed of the mind, still you can't get him. So this, but he is not like, he is running, but at the same time he is fixed. He is not moving anywhere. But at the same time he is moving. How difficult that is to understand, you see. So, coming back. Now, how fast he is moving, he is inconceivable, nobody can get him. But here is what happened. In Srimad Bhagavatam, Kunti Devi is praying. 1831. This is a nice verse. Go Pyada de Twayikrita Vaktram Niniya Bhayabhavana Yastitasya Samam Vimoha Yatibhirapiyadbibheti. You see this. My dear Krishna, Yashoda took up a rope to bind you when you committed an offence and your perturbed eyes overflooded with tears which washed the mascara from your eyes. And you were afraid, though fear personified is afraid of you. This side is bewildering to me. Why it is bewildering? Because on, on one hand, the yogis, the jnanis, the devatas, they cannot catch him. He is so fast. But Yashoda ran after him, caught him and tied him up and with a stick, you know, she showed him, oh, try your nonsense one more time. Then Krishna was crying, you know, tears were coming out of his eyes. (laughs) How come he was caught by a seemingly ordinary woman? Hmm, That means she's not ordinary. She's not ordinary. Uh, she is more than any yogis or jnanis or all these, these people because she is a bhakta. And Krishna comes under the control of bhakti. He is not, he does not come under, actually there is a nice verse. 11th canto, 14th chapter, 20th verse. You see, Krishna is saying to Uddhava, Nasadhayati maam yogo nasankhyam dharma uddhava Nasvadhyayas Nasvadhyayas tapastyago yatha bhakti mamorjita My dear Uddhava The unalloyed devotional service rendered to me by my devotees brings me under their control. I cannot be thus controlled by those engaged in mystic yoga, sankhya philosophy, pious work, Vedic study, austerity, or renunciation. See? So this is how Krishna comes under the control, but he is not controlled by anything other than Bhakti. Um, there is another verse. 10th Kanto, 9th chapter, 21st verse. Nayam Sukhapo Bhagavan Dehinam Gopika Sutaha Jnaninam Chatma Bhutanam Yatha Bhakti Matamiha The Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, the son of Mother Yashoda, 
is accessible to devotees engaged in spontaneous loving service. But he is not as easily accessible to mental speculators, to those striving for self-realization by severe austerities and penances, or to those who consider the body the same as the self, the means of ordinary materialists. He is not understandable to the materialists, the yogis, the jnanis, that means the karmis, yogis, jnanis cannot understand him. But he is accessible to devotees engaged in spontaneous loving service. This is called Durlabham uh, Adurlabham Atma Bhakta Vedeshu Durlabham By study of the Vedas, we really can't get him. But Bhakti, ah yes. Now you may say, but reading also is also Bhakti, right? Reading the Vedic literature is also Bhakti because Shravanam Kirtanam Shravanam means to hear about the Vedic, Vedic literature or to read that is Shravanam how come Krishna can't be gotten but he can be gotten by Bhakti but this is also Bhakti yes so when we receive the Vedic study from a spiritual master who is an authorized guru in the disciplic succession and it is not involved in I mean that's such a study is not uh, comp- it does not comprise of um, what is that speculation it is completely about the pastimes of the Lord so this is different from speculation Swadhyay, because if you just read the Vedas without any guidance of a bona fide spiritual master we can never understand so many people are reading Vedas why they never understand Krishna because no guru as we have seen that verse, Yasya Deve Para Bhaktir Yatha Deve Tatha Gurao Tasya Te Kathita Hyartha Prakashante Mahatmanaha Unless they have implicit faith in the Guru and Krishna, they cannot understand. They cannot understand um, the Vedas and the meaning of the Vedas. So, <clears throat> going back, So, this, in the Brahma Samhita, it is stated that even if a non-devotee philosopher travels through space at the speed of the wind or the mind for hundreds of millions of years, he will still find that the Absolute Truth is far, far away from him. Actually, there is another verse. Just a second. You just give me some time. I don't know if... No. Let's see. No. There is a verse which says that even Okay, this is from where? 10, 14, 7, good. Okay. Gunatmanastepi gunan vimatum hitavatirnasya kaishiresya kalena yairva vimitah sukalpair bhupam shavahke mihikadyubhasaha. You see, in time, learned philosophers or scientists may be able to count all the atoms of the earth, the particles of snow, or perhaps even the sh- shining molecules radiating from the sun, the stars, 
and other luminaries. But among those these learned men, who could possibly count the unlimited transcendental qualities possessed by you, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who have descended onto the surface of the earth for the benefit of all living entities? So even if with our mental strength, if our with our intellectual strength, if one day we may come to a point of being able to count the number of atoms on the earth, in the earth, the entire planet, or the number of particles of snow that are there in existence. I don't know who would even do such a useless endeavor. But even such a laborious endeavor, if one is actually, if one can achieve that, even then one will have absolutely no clue about the number of qualities that the Supreme Lord has and anything about Him in the first place. So this is the Manasojavi. Oh, even at the speed of the mind, we can't catch up with him at all. Nowhere even close. Hmm? Okay, going back. What is this? So, even if he goes at the speed of the wind or the mind for hundreds of millions of years, he will still find that the absolute truth is far, far away from him. The Brahma Samhita 5.37 further describes that the absolute personality of Godhead has his transcendental abode known as Goloka, where he remains and engages in his pastimes. Yet, by his inconceivable potencies, he can simultaneously reach every part of his creative energy. Okay, let's go to that verse. So, this verse is exactly the same as today's verse. Anejadekam manasojaviyo nainat deva aptuvan purva marshat. So, sitting in one place, he's, he runs everywhere and is, is impossible to catch him. Um, this is Brahma Samhita. Ananda chinmaya rasa pratibhavitabhistabhirya eva nijarupatayakalabhi. Goloka eva nivasatya khilatma bhuto govinda madi purusham tamaham bhajami. Okay, the translation of Bhagavad Saraswati Thakur is explaining another feature of it. So, it is very difficult to understand. Okay, let's see. Translation I worship Govinda, the primeval lord, residing in his own realm, Goloka, with Radha. Assembling his own spiritual figure, the embodiment, the ecstatic potency possessed of the 64 artistic activities in the company of her confidants, Sakhis, embodiments of the extensions of her bodily form, permeated and vitalized by his ever-blissful spiritual rasa. <laughs> so, that's very difficult to understand. So, Prabhupada always quoted this, especially the last two lines. Ananda Chinmaya Rasa These are the first two lines. Ananda Chinmaya Rasa so, he is always engaged in Ananda Chinmaya Rasa, the pastimes which are full of uh, spiritual bliss. Hmm. With his close associates like the gopis. Goloka Eva Nivasati, all happens in Goloka. He is engaged in multifarious pastimes with his devotees there in Goloka Vrindavan. He is always situated there. He never goes out. Vrindavanam Parityajya Padamekam Nagachati. Krishna does not move one step out of Vrindavan. Always he is in Vrindavan, in Golok Vrindavan. Even in our Gokul Vrindavan, he is always there. It is just that we can't see him. So, um, 
He is always there in Goloka. Goloka eva nivasati akhilatma bhuto. He is situated in every single atom also at the same time. And although he is everywhere, nobody can see him. That's why Kuntidevi says, um, Namaste purusham tvadhyam ishwaram prakriteh param alaksham sarvabhutanam antar bahiravasthitam Again, this is another seemingly contradiction, you know, contradictory trait. See, Kunti Uvacha. Namasya Purusham Tvadhyam Ishwaram Prakrite Param Alaksham Sarva Bhutana. You are not visible to everybody. You are not visible to anybody. Although, Antar Bahiravasthitam. You are inside and outside of everything. That is actually explained next to tomorrow's verse. You see, Srimadhi Kunti said, O Krishna, I offer my obeisances unto you because you are the original personality and are unaffected by the qualities of the material world. You are existing both within and without everything, yet you are invisible to all. You see this? This is the um, speciality of the Lord. How these contradictory things are happening? The Lord is not partial, but still He appears to be partial to the devotees. So, all these things are contradictory traits, but they exist in the in Krishna harmoniously, without a conflict. In fact, there is a nice uh, explanation in the nectar of devotion, how the character of Krishna is uh, in four different ways at the same time. Uh, okay, let me try to remember what the word dharma, veera, I think. Let's search for that. Dharma? No. Um, four kinds. I don't know if you can, um, if you can maybe put it in the comments. If some of you can put it in the comments, you know the four types of um, different different characteristics. Usually, men are of one of the four, but Krishna has all four simultaneously. Ah, Dhira Lalita. Okay. Dhira Lalita. Okay, you see this. We will read through this. This is very interesting. You see, this is very important. This is from Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 23, Krishna's Personality. Krishna's personality is analyzed as Dhirodhata, no sorry, Dhirodhata, Dhira Lalita, Dhira Prashanta and Dhirodhata. Hmm? Dhirodhata, Dhira Lalita, Dhira Prashanta and Dhirodhata. If one asks how a personality can be beheld in four quite opposing ways, the answer is that the Lord is the reservoir of all transcendental qualities and activities. Therefore, His different aspects can be analyzed according to the exhibition of His limitless variety of pastimes and as such there is no contradiction. Now, we will see what is His four different personalities. Now, Dhirodhatta. A Dhirodhatta is a person who is naturally very grave, gentle, forgiving, merciful, determined, humble, highly qualified, chivalrous, and physically attractive. So, in this connection, the following statement given by Indra, the king of heaven, is very significant. Okay, these are all examples of the Dhir, Dhirod, 
data. You see, many learned scholars have agreed to also accept Lord Ramachandra as Dhiro Datta, but all of Lord Ramachandra's qualities are also included in the character of Lord Krishna, which is why Lord Krishna is known as a Sampurna Bhagavan. Um, because Krishna has, Lord Rama had exhibited some of the traits of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but he withheld some. Hmm. He withheld some. But Krishna, just full-blown, everything he displayed, all the different characteristics, personalities. Now, now you remember, you see, a Dhirodhata is a person who is naturally very grave, gentle, forgiving, merciful, determined, humble, highly qualified, chivalrous and physically attractive. So, Lord Ramachandra is like that. Now, Dhira Lalita. A person is called Dhira Lalita if he is naturally very funny, always in full youthfulness, expert in joking and free from all anxieties. Such a Dhira Lalita personality is generally found to be domesticated and very submissive to his lover. So, this Dhira Lalita trait is in the personality of Krishna is described as uh, described by Yajnapatni, the wife of one of the Brahmanas who, was, who were performing sacrifices in Vrindavan. She tells her friends, one day, Srimati Radharani, accompanied by her associates, was taking rest in her garden and at the same time, Lord Sri Krishna arrived in that assembly. After sitting down, he began to narrate very impudently about his previous night's pastimes with Radharani. While he was speaking in that way, Radharani became very embarrassed. She was feeling ashamed and was absorbed in thought and Krishna took the opportunity, opportunity to mark her breasts with different kinds of tilak. Krishna proved himself to be very expert in that art. In this way, Krishna, as Dhira Lalita, was enjoying his youthful proclivities in the company of the gopis. Generally, those who are expert in writing drama choose to call Cupid the ideal Dhira Lalita, but we can more perfectly find in the personality of Krishna all the characteristics of Dhira Lalita. This is this personality, this personality is quite opposite to Dhirodatta, which is Ramachandra's, which is also in Krishna. Krishna also has this. It's not that Krishna is only funny and you know all these mischievous activities. He's also very grave and humble and determined and attractive and everything. You see this. Uh, we will. We actually did not go through the example of Dhirodhata, but we will go through because it, it's good to know. So, Dhirodhata, um, um, I mean, personality of Krishna, you see. In this connection, the following statement given by Indra, the king of heaven is very significant. My dear Lord, this is, you know, when? Just after the Govardhan Leela pastime finished, you know, Hindra was sending all the rains and, you know, Krishna was holding the Govardhan hill. And after seven days, Indra got tired and he fell at the feet of Krishna, understood that he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and, you know, begged for forgiveness of his offences. At that time, this was. My dear Lord, I admit that I have committed great offences unto you, but I cannot express my feelings of regret, being bewildered at seeing your extraordinary chivalrous spirit, your endeavour to protect your devotees, your determination, your steadiness in lifting the great hill of Govardhan, your beautiful bodily features and your astonishing characteristic of being pleased simply by accepting the prayers of your devotees and offenders. The above statement of the king of heaven is an exact corroboration of Krishna's being Dhirodhatta. And also, he was so grave, Krishna was so grave, that Indra could not understand whether uh, Krishna was satisfied with him by his prayers of, um, you know, or not. He, he did not understand. 
whether he was satisfied or not. He was so grave and he couldn't make out. Even Brahma also. After the Brahma Vimohan Leela, he offered so many nice prayers. Just now we saw one of those prayers. 10, 14, 7. After all that, then he, he still couldn't understand whether Krishna, what was Krishna's mood, whether he was pleased with Brahma or whether he was upset or whether he, what, he couldn't understand still. So, he was so grave in his expression that he couldn't understand, you know. And Lord Ramachandra was like that. Like when he asked uh, Lakshman to send, banish Sita to the, you know, Valmiki's ashram, he put on a face which is completely you know, non-emotional, you know, just told Lakshman, Lakshman, you go and take Sita to the um, Valmiki ashram and leave her there. He just told it very, on a, in a very cold tone. But inside, he was completely um, devastated, the, spiritually. I mean, spirit, this is a Vipralambha Seva, this is different rasa. But inside, he was, it, it, you know, he was crying like anything, but outside you can't make out what is his exp- what is his feelings. Usually they say face is the index of the mind, but the face of such a grave person is so difficult to tell that what is in his mind. Hmm. So anyway, these are all Dhiro Dhatta, but Dhira Lalita is totally opposite. Very funny, you know, always making jokes and you know, uh, very naughty like the pastime pastime which we have just read. That, you know, in front of all the gopis, he, Krishna, you know, um, publicly and loudly told what he did with Radharani last night. And then, and she was totally embarrassed and she did not know what to do. She was just like stuck and then he opened her dress and, you know, drew on her breasts and everything. You know, in this way, um, you know, that is Dhira Lalitha. And this is totally opposite. You know, like in this, <laughs> in this world, if anybody has uh, this kind of, different different personality traits they call it a split personality or multiple personality disorder it's a disorder but in krishna it's completely in order it's it's in fact to its perfection in krishna and without a contradiction you see next dhira prashanta a person who is very peaceful forbearing considerate and obliging is called dhira prashanta and and mind you one more thing dhira lalita that such a person is usually very, very submissive to his lover, like completely submissive. Mm. But Dhira, Dhirodhata, like Ramachandra, he's not. Like he could ask, you know, to banish his wife. But Dhira Lalita person cannot do that. He just cannot. If if the if the lover, if if the lover is little bit dissatisfied, oh he feels what what should I do? What should I do? I'll, I'll even massage her feet. Krishna actually massaged Radharani's feet also sometimes. When she was upset. So, these things are not Dhirodhata's quality. But Dhiralalita, yes. But then he does all these things at the same time. Dhira Prashanta now, next. A person who is very peaceful, forbearing, considerate and obliging is called Dhira Prashanta. This Dhira Prashanta trait of Krishna was exhibited in his dealing, uh, dealings with the Pandavas. On account of the Pandava's faithful devotion to the Lord, he agreed to become their charioteer, their advisor, their friend, their messenger and sometimes their bodyguard. Such is an example of the result of devotional service toward Vishnu. When Krishna was speaking to Maharaj Yudhishthira about religious principles, he demonstrated himself to be a great learned scholar. But because he accepted the position of 
a younger cousin to yudhishthira he was speaking in a very gentle tone which enhanced his beauty beautiful bodily features the movements of his eyes and the mode of his speech proved that he was very very expert in giving moral instruction sometimes maharaj yudhishthira is also accepted as uh, accepted by learned scholars as dhira prashanta very obliging very what is the qualities forbearing peaceful considerate obliging this is dhira prashanta then so yudhishthir maharaj is also called dhira prashanta because he has this quality then <coughs> dhira lalita who is the example cupid madana um, he is example of dhira lalita and dhirodatta dhirodatta is lord ramachandra then finally dhirodhata a person who is very envious proud easily angered restless and complacent is called dhirodhata by learned scholars <laughs> this is completely opposite envious proud easily angered restless and complacent is called dhirodhata by learned scholars such qualities were visible in the character of lord krishna because when he was writing a letter to kala yavana krishna addressed him as a sinful frog <laughs> in his letter krishna advised kala yavana that he should immediately go and find some dark well for his residence because there was a uh, black snake named krishna who was very eager to devour all such sinful frogs krishna reminded kala yavana that he could turn all the universes to ashes simply by looking at them the above statement of krishna seems apparently to be of an envious nature but according to different pastimes places and times this quality is accepted as a great characteristic krishna's dhirodhata qualities have been accepted as great because krishna uses them only to protect his devotees in other words even undesirable traits may also be used in the exchange of devotional service sometimes bhima the second brother of the pandavas is also considered described as dhirodhata hmm once while fighting with a demon who was appearing as a deer krishna challenged him in this way i have come before you as a great elephant named krishna you must leave the battlefield accepting defeat or else there is death awaiting you this challenging spirit of krishna is not contradictory to his sublime character because he is a supreme being everything is possible in his character there is a nice statement in the kurma puran about these contradictory traits of the supreme personality of godhead it is stated there that the supreme person is neither very fat nor very thin he is always transcendental to material qualities and yet his bodily luster is blackish his eyes are reddish he is all powerful and he is equipped with all different kinds of opulences contradictory traits in krishna's person are not at all surprising one should not consider the characteristics of krishna the supreme personality of godhead to be actually contradictory one should try to understand the traits of krishna from authorities and try to understand how these characteristics are employed by the supreme will of the lord in the mahavaraha puran it is confirmed that the transcendental bodies of the supreme personality of godhead and his expansions are all existing eternally such bodies are never material they are completely spiritual and full of knowledge they are reservoirs of all transcendental qualities in the vishnu yamala tantra there is a statement that because the supreme personality of godhead and his expanded bodies are always full of knowledge bliss and eternity they are always free from the 18 kinds of material contaminations which are illusion fatigue errors roughness material lust restlessness pride envy violence disgrace exhaustion untruth anger hankering dependence desire to lord over the universe seeing duality and cheating
So anyway, you get the understanding. You see how Krishna has all these contradictory um, multiple personality, not disorder, but perfection. Multiple personality perfection. So that is what Krishna has. So he has, you know, like in Narsimhadev's Rupam, you know, Ugra Rupam, when he came out, oh, where are you, Hiranyakashipu, where? You know, he tore him apart and then, you know, completely destroyed them. You know, Kharjarjam, Kharjadurjam, Khikachakachakachit, Kharjadurjarjayantam. So he completely, you know, massacred the whole thousands and thousands of, you know, demons. So that is Dhirodhata, the last one. Envious, proud and full, you know. It's not exactly envious. It appears so. Easily angered, you know, Ugrarupam, restless, you know. Always he was like, oh, you know, was like completely restless. His movements were so, so mighty, his movements were and so drastic that Lord Shiva, who is known as the, the you know, Tandavanritya, you know, he does this dance of destruction. He's called Nataraj, the king of dancers. And he dances in, in such a ferocious way that the entire universe is destroyed. Lord Shiva was afraid of Narsimha. Just imagine how restless and how all that to save the devotee, to protect the devotees. And therefore, such anger becomes good. So, in, in a similar way, devotee also like Hanuman, restless, anger, proud. Oh, you know, when he went to Ravan, Ravan was seated on a big throne and um, Hanuman was just, you know, Dut, Rama Dut Hanuman. He's just a servant, messenger of Hanu, Ram. Then, you know what he did? He just extended his tail so big that he sat on a height which is higher than Ravan. This is like, you know, proud, envious kind of, you know, but it was used in the service of Lord Ram and therefore it was glorified. This is Dhiroddhata, Dhiroddhata personality and Bhima is also known for that. So, everything has its use in Krishna's service. So, whatever we may think is bad in this material world is also there in Krishna, but in Krishna, it is full of perfection. Whereas here, it is everything. Even the so-called good is also imperfect. Because in this world, when somebody is so-called good, he is good to the wrong person. You know, like for example, um, say uh, a philanthropist. He is, you know, very charitable and, you know, very kind. And, you know, he gives out, maybe he is distributing free food to the poor and needy. But then, he is distributing probably meat or eggs, you know, all these untouchable things which should not be eaten. So, in a good, in a so-called goodwill way, he is actually spreading sin. So, his so-called good is actually not good. I mean, not just this, even material education. Like, sometimes they think that opening schools is a good, good uh, charitable activity. But even that, the material education will take one away from God. Actually, it is not even Jnanam. It is just uh, some skills that are taught in the schools. Jnanam means, who am I? That is to be understood. So, there is no knowledge there. But people think it is very, oh, it is a good charity to build schools. Or hospitals. All these things, they think it is, you know, you know, like very kind and, you know, very gentle, very forbearing. But no, these are all actually, they are not really so good. Arjuna wanted to be that Dhirodhata personality in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita. Krishna changed him to a Dhirodhata. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Give up all your nonsense. What is this non-violence at the on the battle at the time of battle? Now you are saying non-violent. What is this? You know, you have to fight. And he spoke the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? Then Krishna said, "Yes, I will fight now." Uh, sorry, Arjuna said, "I will fight now." Started fighting. Krishna is the controller of everything anyway, right? So what he did? He took away Arjuna's son Abhimanyu. Abhimanyu died in the battle. How? The Kauravas, you know, in, in an unruly way, against the rules of warfare, they killed Abhimanyu. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. He can save anyone. In fact, Krishna saved Abhimanyu's son even when he was in the womb of his mother, Parikshit. And he saved Arjuna. He saved, I think, where is that? Uh, even, could not touch even a hair on my head. I think it's 119.15 maybe. Let's see. Let's go there. You see, he saved Arjun, he saved Parikshit. What, what happened to Abhimanyu in the between? Between Abhimanyu was killed. Why? Let's see if my numbering is correct. Mm. No. Okay. Hair on my head. Hair on my head. Yes, one fifteen sixteen. Yadoshu Yadoshuma Pranihitam Guru Bhishma Karna Napra Trigartha Shalya Sainya Saindhava Bahlikadhyaihi Astranyamogha Mahimani Nirupitani Nopas Prashurna Rahari Dasamivasurani. Very nice. You see this, great generals, Arjuna said this, great generals like Bhishma, Drona, Karna, Bhurishrava, Susharma, Shalya, Jayadratha, Bahalika, all directed their invincible weapons against me. But by his, Lord Krishna's grace, they could not even touch a hair on my head. Similarly, Prahlad Maharaj, the supreme devotee of Lord Narsimha, Narsimhadev, was unaffected by the weapons the demons used against him. So he protected uh, you know, Arjuna so carefully that at one point in the whole battle, we know okay, the, his, even his hair on the head was not touched. Actually at one point what happened? Arjuna was going to die. Uh, who? I think Bhishma or Karna. Shot the arrow, it would have just pierced Arjuna's neck and threw and would have thrown his head way off the chariot. And Arjuna was fighting, but this arrow he couldn't counter. It was going so fast at him, coming so fast at him, and usually he could he could counter any arrow, but somehow because he was fighting so many, and this arrow made its way all the way. And then Krishna, what he did, he conducted the four horses in such a way that they bent down, and the arrow hit the head uh, helmet, and the helmet blew past, you know, you know, flew away. And Arjuna was like, you know, it was like, just in a split second, Krishna just, Krishna is controller of the hearts and the minds of the horses also. He doesn't even need a whip to, but he had a whip in his hand, as Bhishma Dev has actually mentioned in his, uh, you know, when he was going to pass away. He had a whip in his hand, but he doesn't need a whip. Just by his mind, he can control the minds of the horses. So, he conducted them, them in such a way that they just bent down one foot. The whole chariot went down by one foot and 
the thing just just above his hair it hit the helmet that means one foot below it would have been right here at the at his throat such care he took and then parikshit even in the womb he was saved from brahmastra why abhimanyu in the between you know died without any protection alone of course one reason is he is the son of shoma and you know anyway that's another background story actually the moon god sun because when krishna comes all the demigods also come to assist him in his pastimes so moon god sun also came but moon god wanted his son back in 16 days because he loved his son so much so he will assist the lord krishna's pastime for 16 days and then he will come back so in 16 days on moon is 16 days or uh, 16 years on earth so at the age of 16 abhimanyu died and went back so that's the background story and at that time he was already father i mean he was his wife was pregnant already and now <laughs> because of the death of abhimanyu arjuna's anger increased tenfold this time he said this jayadrath who was the cause of this whole thing he is going to die tomorrow before sunset they will they will fight from sunrise to sunset and at sunset everything stops the war stops everything go, everybody goes back to their camps and then take rest and next day morning again fight so that's the kshatriya way of fighting it's not that you know in the night and day and they are all fighting and you know hiding and shooting no such thing face to face courageously fight so he said before sundown i will shoot this jayadrath dead he was so angry because of the death why then the dhirodhata personality even more magnified in arjuna and he went and killed jayadrath at the end so he he wanted to be some like dhirodhata or dhira prashanta like yudhishthir maharaj very peaceful you know kind i don't want to fight this war you know what i let them take and i'll go to the forest i'm happy with that you know i don't want all these things and krishna said no 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 you're going to fight you're going to fight then he 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 spoke the whole bhagavad gita got him all ready and even after getting all ready and you know fighting he still made his son die so that his anger increases even more even the dhirodhata quality increases even more <laughs> so although it looks like envious proud and you know like violent but when it is used krodha bhakta dveshi jane anger is to be used against those who are against devotees so krishna also uses his anger in the form of narasimha or in krishna or rama to protect devotees so there is nothing wrong in that anger that you know that ferocity there is nothing wrong in that but in material world these qualities are bad because people use it for themselves oh you, how can you t- tell that to me like that you know how can you you know talk like that to me I, i'll fight now so this is because of sense gratification his ego is hurt that anger is different from the anger when the lord is offended or when the devotee of the lord is offended and then somebody gets angry and that is different totally different completely opposite um, this krishna's service like hanuman got angry arjun got angry um, you know so many times and in krishna himself got angry narsimha got fully is his his ugra rupam his pastime is anger pastime that leela is full of anger only <clears throat> so um go back let's go back <clears throat> 
So what I am saying is all these different contradictory traits exist in Krishna in complete harmony. So it's not a disorder, it's complete order and complete perfection. So, um, so he is in the Golok Vrindavan at the same time he is in every single atom. In the Vishnu Puran, his potencies are compared to the heat and light that emanate from a fire. Although situated in one place, a fire can distribute its light and heat for some distance. Similarly, the absolute personality of Godhead, although fixed in his transcendental abode, can diffuse his different energies everywhere. What is this verse? We have seen this verse before, right? Ekadeshasthitasyagner Jyotsna Vistarini Yatham Parasya Brahmana Shaktis Tathedam Makhilam Jagat Just as the illumination of a fire which is situated in one place is spread all over, the energies of the Supreme Lord, Supreme Personality of Godhead, Parabrahman are spread all over this universe. Not only in this universe, the whole existence, this universe and all the multiple universes and also in the spiritual world. This is a quotation from Vishnu Puran 1.22.53 So, Krishna, why is this stated now? Because Krishna is situated in one place, he is everywhere. He is everywhere personally, he is also everywhere by his energies. Just like fire is in one place. Like, why this example is given? Because something which we can comprehend. So that we can understand a bit about how the Lord exists. So, because we, we have heard that the Lord is here and is everywhere. He is situated in Goloka now and at the same time he is spread across the creation. How is this possible? How is this possible? We can't imagine. So, there is an example given in the Vishnu Puran. So, just like there is the fire. Fire is situated in one place. Here is fire. You know. But then, the light and heat is spread across to, to some distance. Depending on the size of the fire, the light and the heat, you know, is spread out. And also the smoke. So, the smoke is not fire. The light is not fire. The heat is not also, not also fire. Fire, is, it, it has a form. That is fire. The heat, light, smoke, these are all energies of the fire. So, they are inseparable from fire. Because without fire, there would be no heat, there would be no light, no smoke. At the same time, so in, in that way, the heat, light and smoke are not different from fire because without fire, they have no existence separate from fire. If there was no fire, there would be no heat, light, smoke. So in that way, the heat, light and smoke are one with fire. They are not different from fire. But at the same time, they are not fire also. They are fire's energies. What is fire then? It has a form. Heat doesn't have a form. Light doesn't have a form. Smoke has some form, yes, it, it, ha- it forms some shapes. So, you see, all it, and, and it looks completely opposite to fire. <clears throat> Whereas fire looks blazing, bright, the smoke looks dark. So, similarly, the material world, the Supreme Lord is bright, but this material world is dark. So, it is like the smoke, 
coming from that fire of the Supreme Lord. So if the fire is compared to the Supreme Lord, then this heat, light, smoke are different types of energies. So similarly, there is material energy, there is spiritual energy, there is marginal energy. So there are, and each of these, and actually it is said here, yeah, each of these energies, like material energy, spiritual energy, marginal energy, each of these energies can be subdivided into millions and millions of subheadings. It's not that only that he has three energies only. Oh, he has only three energies, okay. No. These three are broad categories. Under each category, there are millions and millions of subdivisions. It is very, very complex. But for analysis sake, for simple understanding, three energies, three categories of energies. Okay. Um, in his, okay, this is we have read. In the Vishnu Puran, yeah, this is we have read. Okay, although situated in one place, a fire can distribute its light and heat for some distance. Similarly, the absolute personality of Godhead, although fixed in his transcendental abode, can diffuse his different energies everywhere. Although his energies are innumerable, they can be divided into three principal categories. The internal potency, the marginal potency and the external potency. There are hundreds and millions of subheadings to each of these categories. The dominating demigods who are empowered to control and administer such natural phenomena as air, light and rain are all classified within the marginal potency of the absolute person. So, they are also marginal potency. That means, marginal means we as a soul. So, the demigods, the Indra, the Chandra, the you know, Vayu, Surya, all of them, even Brahma, they are all ordinary souls like you and me. But they are have a, they have been empowered by the Supreme Lord because of their devotional service in the past. Empowered by the Supreme Lord to hold such powerful positions within this material world. They can control the movement of air in, the, in, in all the planets. Or they can control the light. They can control the water. You know, how water moves. Everything. They can control all these things. Rain. You know. So, these are completely beyond our control as human beings. But for the demigods, it is completely within their control. So, but they are also like us, individual souls, marginal potency. They are not Vishnu Tattva. They are not the same as Vishnu. Krishna or Vishnu is totally different Tattva, different category. Uh, that is the Supreme Lord. But these all demigods are marginal only but differently graded because of their piety or impiety. Uh, demigods are not impious. I mean, the animals, all the different 8.4 million species, they classified according to the karma that they have accrued. Otherwise, they are all jivarasi. They are all souls. Whether it's a plant, whether it's a bed bug, or whether it's, you know, Indra or even Brahma. Again, um, Lesser living beings, compared to demigods, we are lesser. Lesser living beings, including humans, also belong to the Lord's marginal potency. The material world is the creation of the Lord's external potency, which is the material energy. The external potency, bhinname prakriti rashtadha, the external or the separated energy is the material energy. This is in the 7th chapter, 4th verse of Bhagavad Gita. That's why it's called external energy. He's that's not within, uh, he has nothing to do with the external energy. 
Hmm. He has the internal energy where he deals with the devotees. Uh, that is there. But external energy, he takes, he, uh, um, you know, delegates us to Lord Shiva and, and Durga Devi. They um, deal with the external energy. Under his direction though. Hmm. Um, where were we? Okay. The material world is the creation of the Lord's external potency. And the spiritual sky, where the kingdom of God is situated, is the manifestation of his internal potency. The spiritual sky with all the spiritual planets, Vaikuntha planets and ultimately the Goloka Vrindavan planet is all the internal energy of the Lord. Everything is internal energy. Internal energy means the spiritual energy. Everything is spirit. Everything is living there. Everything is living. Nothing is dead. No dead matter. Even a stone is completely living there. It's a person. It's a completely different. We can't even imagine these things. So, that is the spiritual world. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at one place, he said, let's not talk about the spiritual world um, because it's way beyond our understanding. Let's try to understand a bit of this one-fourth energy of the Lord, which is this material world. You know, we can understand some of it. Yeah, I think the lag has reduced quite a bit, almost to zero, but I think it's still there. Well, I don't know how this all works. <clears throat> Inconceivable, you know. <laughs> then, um, thus, the different energies of the Lord are present everywhere. Although the Lord and His energies are non-different, one should not mistake these energies for the Supreme Truth. Again, we will read again. Although the Lord and His energies are non-different, just like the heat, light, smoke are non-different from fire, they are not fire. Similarly, Although the Lord and His energies are non-different, one should not mistake these energies for the Supreme Truth. The, Mayavad, the Mayavadis, they make this mistake. They take the energy to be the Supreme Truth. So, because Sarvam Khalvidam Brahma, you know, everything is Brahma. So, the Supreme Lord has become all this universe and everything, the whole creation. So, He as a person does not exist anymore. He has become this universe. So, He has become this energy. No. Just like if a father produces a son, the father is not dissolved. He is still alive. And son is also alive. I mean, even if in a material example this is possible, why in the spirit, in the, in the supreme law it can't be possible? So, he, just like when the fire is there, then the heat, light and smoke are there. But it's not that the fire has become heat, light and smoke and now there is no more fire. No, the fire is there. And the heat, light and smoke are also simultaneously there. You see that? Similarly, when the Lord is there, the energies of the Lord are there and He is also there. It's not that He has become these energies and now He is no more. Like, um, you know, um, in physics, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It is just converted or transformed from one form to another. This is the law of physics. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It is only transformed from one form to another. Like for example, um, when a ball is, or when a, when say, this bottle is at a height from the ground. Now this bottle has what energy? Potential energy. Now when you drop it, it becomes kinetic energy. Because it, this, this is, there is some energy stored in this. This is called potential energy. Now when you release it, it is that same energy is transformed into 
speed kinetic energy so that is the law of physics so one form of energy is converted to another but we cannot use this for the supreme lord because he is a person if he if he has become the creation you know he is spread everywhere you know but that doesn't mean he is finished hmm. just like a, a human being just i give an example like he he produces a son he produces a son and then he also has a business that is another energy of his his son is another energy of his and then his wife is another energy of his his house is another energy in this way he is controlling so many aspects you know so many things but he is still existing as an individual person so that cannot be um, taken out from the supreme lord as well so energy is one thing but the energetic the person who possesses the energy krishna the energetic person is not dissolved as he exhibits his energy no he is not dissolved he is still existing like when a bodybuilder you know he lifts a big weight that is expense of energy he has used some energy but it is not that he died he is still existing as a person and he displayed some energy also so like that when it is a, the energetic the source of energy the person that he, the person is never dissolved yes energy from one form to another yes because it's energy but that is material but spiritual is different so if if for ordinary man also this is possible why it is not possible for the supreme lord that we have to understand okay um nor should one uh, so although the lord and his energies are non different one should not mistake these energies for the supreme truth nor should one wrongly consider that the supreme lord is distributed everywhere impersonally or that he loses his personal existence we have discussed this men are accustomed to reach conclusions according to their capacity for understanding so sometimes people do come to this conclusion that the lord has spread himself and now there is no more existence separately of the lord so men are why this happens why think why people think like that because people can understand only until what their intelligence allows beyond that they cannot understand and their intelligence is so small how can we grasp adhokshaja the, the lord who is beyond all sensory perception how can we grasp him with our tiny 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 intelligence you know therefore there is uh, such imperfect conclusions therefore the only way to receive knowledge about him is from him directly and accept it on faith that's it now you may say oh this is blind faith no that's not blind you know what's blind faith when you don't when you believe in a person who is who's not a supreme lord or who's not a perfect representative of the supreme lord as a bona fide spiritual master in the parampara system if you believe any such person that is defective that is called blind faith but when we believe in krishna's words or his pure devotee's words they will never be mistake so we will we will always have perfect knowledge from them all right so men are accustomed to reach conclusions according to their capacity for understanding but the supreme lord is not subject to our limited capacity for understanding so he is not subject to our limited capacity it's not that because i can understand only this much so the supreme lord must be this much like they say how you say god has a form you know how can he be limited you know to a certain dimension anantarupam his form is endless you know limitlessly big yes 
at the same time he is also has a form that that means it is, is complete that means he is that infinite and he can be finite at the same time he can run and he can stay in one place at the same time he can be dhirodatta and dhiralalita and dhiraprashanta and dhiroddhata at the same time all these things can exist in the same at the same time in krishna that means it is complete he should have all possible contradictions and extremes and everything in him simultaneously and harmoniously not conflictingly it's not that you know like a, in in this world if a person person has a split personality or multiple personality disorder is a disorder because he he just is out of his control it is just he, he is one way and another way now and another way now you know it, it, he can't control himself it, it's a disorder it's a problem so it's not existing in the person harmoniously it is is in complete disharmony but in krishna all these multiple personality perfections is existing harmoniously perfectly so that is perfection that is complete when we say purnamadah purna means he is this everything all encompassing the so called good good bad ugly everything in him it is there but in him it is everything is pure even the so called ugly like anger like enviousness is ugly in this material world you know you know that fighting spirit you know that immediate uh, rage these are all ugly things in spirit, in material world but in krishna oh they are glorified narsimhadev bhagwan we you know we pray to narsimhadev bhagwan every single day for his dhiroddhata quality uh, why because it's perfect in krishna it is for this reason what is the reason okay we will read again men are accustomed to reach conclusions according to their capacity for understanding but the supreme lord is not subject to our limited capacity for understanding it is for this reason that the upanishads warn us that no one can approach the lord by his own limited potency that is why today's verse is there anejadekam manasojaviyo even the great demigods cannot understand him cannot grasp him so don't even try don't even try to understand him you listen to what krishna says when we say try don't try means what try on your own strength but krishna says janma karma chame divyam evam yogati tatvatah tyaktva deham punarjanma naiti mameti sorjuna chapter 4 text 9 you should know me in truth tatvatah in fullness completely in depth as much as i have told you about my janma my karma my birth my activities you have to know so that is trying right but that is not trying on our own that is trying according to the instructions of krishna that is different but if i speculate on my own that is defective that is very defective so ishopanishad is warning don't even try because even the great you know <clears throat> uh, what is that the other verses also they tend to actually that is quoted in the purport um anejadekam manaso javiyo even at the speed of the mind you cannot get him naina deva apnuvan purva marshat even the great great demigods cannot catch him what to speak who are you you just you know some ordinary human being you cannot get him tad dhavatonyan atyati tishthat he is always inaccessible to them he is always in front tasmin apo matarishva dadati he is controlling even the controllers of air and all these powerful you know wind and rain and sun and all these things Uh, he is controller so don't even try with your tiny intellect try to measure measure the supreme lord 
यू नो वट इज दैट अचिंत्य खलु ये भावा नताम स्तर्केण योजिए आई थिंक सी सी आदि सेवेंटीन थ्री जीरो एट आई एम नॉट रॉन्ग आई थिंक सो लेट्स सी या यू सी दिस दिस इज फ्रॉम महाभारत भीष्म पर्व अचिंत्या खलु ये भावा नताम स्तर्केण योजयेत प्रकृतिभ्य परम यदिंत्य लक्षण एनीथिंग ट्रांसेंडेंटल टू मेटीरियल नेचर इज कॉल्ड इनकनसीवेबल वेर एज आर्ग्युमेंट्स आर ऑल मंडेन और मेटीरियल आर्ग्युमेंट्स आर फंक्शंस ऑफ इंटेलिजेंस एंड इंटेलिजेंस इज अ मेटीरियल एलिमेंट एज वी नो भूमिराप अनलोखाय भूमिराप अनलो वायुर्खम मनोबुद्धिव अहंकार सो अबुद्धि इज पार्ट ऑफ द मेटीरियल एनर्जी बट द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड इज इज स्पिरिचुअल एंड आर्ग्युमेंट्स विच आर द फंक्शन ऑफ इंटेलिजेंस विच इज अ मेटीरियल एलिमेंट सो द आर्ग्युमेंट्स आर ऑल्सो ऑल मेटीरियल सो वी कैनॉट बाय आर्ग्युमेंट वी कैनॉट कम टू अ अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ लेट्स ट्राई टू डिबेट एंड ट्राई टू फाइंड आउट यू नो वॉट इज द Uh, nature of the supreme lord no we cannot uh, come to that point um, so anything transcendental material nature is called inconceivable achintya whereas arguments are all mundane since mundane arguments cannot touch transcendental subject matters one should not try to understand transcendental subjects through mundane arguments like to say prove to me how there is god i mean For a devotee, even a flower reminds him of God. Or who painted this nice flower? Immediately he reminds, he is reminded of God. Whereas the non-devotee, even the grand arrangements of the arrangement of the cosmos, will not, um, in the slightest way, provoke um, any thought about the Supreme Lord. He doesn't have even the clue that there is a person. He denies the person. Although everything is so orderly built, everything nicely built and constructed and beautifully artistically done. is such a fool that he can't see it hmm. so debate is not the thing we have to submit and go to the guru tadvidhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya upadekshanti te gyanam gyaninas tatva darshana they have seen the truth and they can show you the truth who the bona fide spiritual master bona fide okay the upanishads warn us that one no one should no one can approach the lord by his own limited potency in the bhagavad gita chapter 10 text 2 the lord says that not even the great rishis and suras can know him and what to speak of the asuras for whom there is no chan there is no question of understanding the ways of the lord okay let's go to that 102 name vidusuragana prabhavam namaharshayah aham adirhi devanam maharshinam cha sarvashah neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences for in every respect i am the source of the demigods and sages just like um we have been born in this material world we have a father we don't know how we were born first you know even even now we accept it on faith that this is my father this is my mother it maybe it was wrong but we accepted it on faith of course most of the time it's correct because they don't lie but we wouldn't know unless we just hear from the parents 
because you see as as here krishna is saying in the in the neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences for in every respect i am the source of the demigods and sages so they cannot know me it's like um we cannot know who our father is unless we accept the words of the father and mother there's no other way so in that way the only way to know him is that's why arjuna said i just accept what you say krishna krishna no more going to speculate anymore sarvam etadritam manye yan maam vadasi keshava nahite bhagavan vyaktim vidur devanadanava oh krishna i totally accept as truth all that you have told me neither the demigods nor the demons or lord can understand your personality no one can understand the demigods and demons nobody can understand i i understand because i am accepting whatever you are saying in truth without any subtraction or addition multiplication division nothing as it is so when we receive bhagavad gita as it is we will understand when we put our input into it that is not bhagavad gita anymore that is uh, complete nonsense and that's why there are so many commentaries on the bhagavad gita and they don't make any sense do you think krishna came to this world and spoke some nonsense and you know something which nobody can understand and this goes back like that no i mean what 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 did he come for then he came to educate us and he mentioned the process how to educate he has given the knowledge and he has given the channel channel which is the bona fide guru parampara system then we can understand so so whoever has understood accepted krishna's words i totally krishna i totally accept sarvam etad ritam manye yan maam vadase keshava whatever you have said everything i will accept that is the only way i can know you i have to accept it on faith whatever you have said not that i will check oh you have said like this okay let me check okay let me check and get back no what do, what we can check what facility what instrument do we have to check natam starkena yojayet we cannot measure the supreme lord without without tiny intelligence you know so see some nice comment is um, shared here shloka we will go to that shloka mm-hmm. shrimad bhagavatam 111133 see so thank you for the comment this verse you see ज्ञात्वा ज्ञात्वाथ ये वै मां यावान्यादृश भजन्यन्यभावन ते मे भक्तमाई डिवोटीज मे और मे नॉट नो एक्साक्टली वॉट आई एम हु आई एम एंड हाउ आई एक्जिस्ट बट इफ दे वर्शिप मी विथ अनलॉइड लव देन आई कंसिडर दैम टू बी द बेस्ट ऑफ डिवोटीज दिस इज हाउ वृंदावन वासीज यूज टू वर्शिप कृष्ण they don't they did not care whether krishna was the supreme personality of godhead even when he lifted the govardhan hill the you know all the cowherd men they were trying to push with their own sticks also ah, let's help krishna let's you know <laughs> so they, i mean what, what what were they thinking you know by with their sticks they can you know lift the hill you know but that is out of love otherwise it was madness it is madness out of love I mean, with a stick, with a bamboo, can you hold a mountain? I mean, but they were holding, you know, they, they did not, 
not once, even when Krishna was right in front of their eyes, he was showing miraculous powers. I mean, they were trying to help him, you know, hold the hill up. They never cared. They never cared whether his supreme personality, they just loved him. So, ultimately, although there is information of Krishna's greatness, but then, after some time, we just need to understand that, alright, okay, 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 fine, I am convinced. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I am your servant. Why all this information is given of the greatness of Krishna? Because you know why? We think we are great. I am the big time, I am this, I am that. So, all this is just to show us that we are nothing, we have absolutely no control of our own body. Whereas Krishna is this, Krishna is that, Krishna is this, this is everything, who is such a big controller. Oh, then yeah, yeah I mean, it doesn't make sense that I, I, I should compete with Krishna or I should be anything uh, near to controller or enjoyer of anything. He should be enjoyer. I should serve him. That sentiment of service is what needs to be evoked. So that's why, you know, in the, in the, in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is explaining himself. You know, if you see the 10th chapter, let's go to them. Um, you see, Arjuna is asking, Oh, Janardhan, again, please, this is 10.18. Oh, Janardhan, again, please describe the detail, in detail, the mystic power of your opulences. I am never satiated in hearing about you. For the more I hear, the more I want to taste the nectar of your words. So, so please tell me more about your glories, you know, he's saying. What about, what is, how, what is about, I want to know about your mystic power more. So, then he started, Krishna started. Yes, I will tell you of my splendorous manifestations, but only of those which are prominent, O Arjuna, for my opulence is actually limitless. I will just tell you the prominent ones, just to give you an indication, a hint of what my actual glory is. Then he starts, I am the super soul, I am the beginning, I am the middle and the end of all beings. Of, of the Adityas, I am the Vishnu, of lights, I am the radiant sun, of the Maruts, I am Marichi, among the stars, I am the moon. So, in everything, I am the best. So, just as among the stars, the moon is the best, similarly, uh, so that is a representation of me, that moon. And among the Adityas, Vishnu, of the lights, I am the radiant sun. There are many, many lights, you know, uh, table lamp, you know, like, you know, one, one candle, you know, like big, big fires, forest fire, that is also a light. But then sun, oh, that's, that's the superlative degree of light that we know in this material world. So, that again is a representation of me. In this way, he is just hinting at what is his splendor, you know, in every, you know, aspect he is describing. Of the Vedas, I am the Samaveda, of the demigods, I am Indra, the king of heaven, of the senses, I am the mind, because the mind is the strongest of all senses. So, I am the mind, and in the living beings, I am the living force, the consciousness, of all the Rudras, I am Lord Shiva, blah, 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 so many, you know, in this way, all the way, finally we come to this verse. 1042. But what need is there, Arjuna, for all this detailed knowledge? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. You know, of, of this and that, of this and that. Forget it. Of, with a single fragment of myself, I support and pervade this entire universe. So, if he is supporting the entire universe with his, a single small part of his energies, 
what is so difficult in lifting the govardhan hill with his left hand little finger he doesn't even need a finger he can just suspend it in the air if he wants but he wants to lift it in the finger so he lifted that's why he, he chose the smallest because he knows how to insult indra you have brought such a samartaka cloud which which is only at the time of destruction you know universal dissolution this cloud comes samartaka cloud no one no one unstoppable force the rain comes at such unstoppable force that planets are dissolved in that rain you know that kind of heavy cloud indra sent samvartaka you want oh that much power oh okay you know your power is not even equal to my little finger you know my little finger can do uh, not even right hand because right hand is a, a little bit respect left hand my left hand little finger he knows how to perfectly insult so he wanted to insult indra left hand little finger now you do what you want to do so in this way krishna has shown, shown his supremacy so in the whole world the whole world the entire universe he is holding just by his breathing you know he is destroying and creating universes by his breathing yasaik nishvasita kalam athavalambya jeevan tiloma vilaja jagadandanatha vishnur mahan saiha yasya kala vishesho Govindamadipurusham tamaham bhajami. That Mahavishnu from whom the universes are, you know, coming and going because of his breathing, that Mahavishnu is a portion of the portion of the, of Krishna. That, you know, that is Krishna. Now, <clears throat> going back to... Okay, now we are back at our Ishupanishad verse. In the Bhagavad Gita 10.2, the Lord says that not even the great rishis and suras can know him and what to speak of the asuras, for whom there is no question of understanding the ways of the Lord. This fourth mantra of Sri Ishupanishad very clearly suggests that the absolute truth is ultimately the absolute person. Otherwise, there would have been no need to mention so many details in support of his personal features. What is the meaning of this? So, you see, the... The fourth verse clearly suggests that the absolute truth is definitely, ultimately the absolute person. It is a person. It's not just like impersonal, some power. Why? Because he runs. Uh, he is situated in the same place, but yet he runs faster than anybody else. Running is a, only a person can do, right? So that means, if it was impersonal, the running would not be a proper description of something which is not a person. You know, I cannot say this water bottle will run faster than you. What? This water bottle running? That doesn't make sense. So, if it was not a person, it wouldn't run, basically. You may say a car runs, yeah, but that's an energy of the person again. So, without a person, there's no running involved. So, running means there's a person. So, why it is described in that way? That means the absolute truth is a person. Otherwise, he wouldn't run. Hmm. So, so many details of in support of his personal features the running and he is controlling the the controllers of the 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 natural phenomena he is controlling the controllers so this control who can control uh, a person again so all these are hinting to the personal features of the lord impersonality cannot do this mm. although the individual parts and parcels of the lord's potencies have all the symptoms of the lord himself 
they have limited spheres of activity and are there and there and are therefore all limited the parts and parcels are never equal to the whole therefore they cannot appreciate the lord's full potency you see this is very important we are just sample god proper said we are sample of god whatever god has krishna has we also have but krishna has an in infinite quantity we have in minute quantity just within our body like we can control if i want to take something i can lift this water bottle for example so i can use my hand i can control my hand i can control my legs i can control to an extent of course you know i can control so our my control is very limited i can just control my body and to an extent my mind my mind is also out of control completely out of control i mean krishna arjuna said like chanchalam hi mana krishna pramath balavad drudham you know tasyaham nigraham manye vayurivasu dushkaram it's completely out of my control it's worse than a storm you know he's saying there is a storm inside my skull so you know <laughs> everyone that is a that is a, our position there is a storm going on here you know raging storm and we can't control it we can't control and so we don't even have control of our mind properly our intelligence our ego we don't have but the supreme lord so our our sphere of control is very less whereas the sphere of control of the supreme lord infinite that is the difference the same thing but the sphere of influence is miles worlds apart like completely completely do infinite infinite and infinitesimal the parts and parcels are never equal to the whole therefore they cannot appreciate the lord's full potency so because we are so small we can never at any time understand the infinite glory of the lord we can never that's why he told arjuna what is the need of all this knowledge arjuna i can go on and on and on and on and never ending so let's just end it here let me just say this that with a single fragment of myself i am supporting this entire universe just a single fragment of myself Mm. so eventually we have to come to the point of submission all right all right all right krishna i understand that you are the supreme personality yes i surrender after surrender do we still have to hear of his past times because now already we are convinced yes because at that time another attraction will another thing will attract us to his in the beginning it's all about finding more, finding out more about him once we understood all right now i will submit i will i surrender yes i am not supreme i will not even act like i am i am completely you know completely under control of you or even of nature first of all so yes i am nothing i am your servant now after that he like you know he he is happy to hear of the glorious activities of the lord he is glorifying the lord now until then it was to clear his doubt am i the supreme or the krishna is supreme mm. you know <laughs> then when after all these past times oh okay krishna is supreme doubts is removed doubts are removed now why does the devotee then like to hear of all the like prabhupada you know he would ask when there was there was, there was a waiting time in the airport or something like that there nothing else could be done so he asked his disciple to read from the krishna book and he would listen very attentively all the, it, it was he himself wrote the book but he would attentively hear always rapturous in that hearing about krishna you know and he many times prabhupada read his own books you know because he that is out of love you know when you love someone like you know what is fan club 
some sports person or some movie star or whatever it is whatever he does the fan will become in- interested in that although it may be or may not be something very exceptional but still he will want to know everything about that person out of affection for that person that is fan club so devotee is in the fan club of krishna hmm. so he is in completely you know he, he, he likes to hear more of the lord he you know that pleasure that he derives so the motivation for hearing about krishna changes from <clears throat> let me be convinced to let me just glorify the lord let me hear these glorifications and how great the lord is you know <clears throat> that love out of love <clears throat> when parishit maharaj heard sukadev goswami narrated how krishna was uh, you know fighting with jarasandha and as he was fighting jarasandha came with a huge army huge <clears throat> and each time he came <coughs> krishna defeated him so on one time with just three arrows three arrows krishna released three arrows and he killed millions in the army of jarasandha millions with just three arrows completely bewildering how is that even possible that means one arrow must have pierced usually when arrow you know hits it it will come out of the other side if it has the force <clears throat> it comes out of the other side but usually it just stops like a bullet if you shoot at a person it will just be lodged inside and usually its entire speed becomes halted or maybe it will come out of the other side and then it falls off somewhere it 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 won't go through one person and then go to another person and another person and another person no way but when lord ramchandra he you know you know what is that release this arrow in the, the seven tall trees big huge trees you know nobody can even embrace them it's like a, a flat wall you know that big the trees were huge tall trees and they were so big in diameter that when you hold them like this it is just like a flat wall you know that big that big circumference and lord ramachandra because so sugriva so wanted to be convinced of the strength of lord ram i mean lord ram you know released the arrow it went through seven th- such tall trees not one tree it came from the, it pierced one tree went through the entire diameter of the circumference i mean the this width of the tree came out went into another one came out another one came out seven trees it went through and then it went into the ground and then all the way up and back into his quiver you know that quiver went back when sugriva saw this what what did just happen so he was just flabbergasted you know so that was because he was not convinced but then if if a, if a person just hears about wow i mean a devotee hears wow this the lord is so great you know so when parishit maharaj heard this that with three arrows he killed millions wow how many persons it would have pierced each arrow it each arrow pierced millions and not just people animals as well elephants horses such force of the arrow how can somebody release an arrow with such force so when he heard this wow he he tears began flowing from his eyes with ecstasy so he himself was a kshatriya you know <laughs> so a kshatriya would be even more you know um 
um, you know interested in this topics and more fired up with this kind of exp- uh, descriptions and I saw wow this is inconceivable so and tears began to flow from his eyes Parishit Maharaj when he heard this so a devotee hears for a different reason and a non-devotee who's just I mean just Shraddha is building up that's a different reason you know but anyway either way the soul gets purified when we hear so we have to always hear the Lord's topics we should never try to understand them with our own intelligence. We should just read what is already given by Krishna. <clears throat> the parts and parcels are never equal to the whole. Therefore, they cannot appreciate the Lord's full potency. They can never understand. Under the influence of material nature, foolish and ignorant living beings who are but parts and parcels of the Lord try to conjecture about the Lord's transcendental position. Sri Ishopanishad warns of the futility of trying to establish the identity of the Lord through mental speculation. One should try to learn the transcendence, learn of the transcendence from the Lord Himself, the supreme source of the Vedas, and for the Lord alone has full knowledge of the transcendence. Vedaischa sarvai rahameva vedyo vedantakrit vedavidevachaham. I am the compiler of Vedanta. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. Indeed, I am the complete knower of the Vedas. Every part and parcel of the complete whole, which is, when we say complete whole, it is Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead. So, every part and parcel of the complete whole is endowed with some particular energy to act according to the Lord's will. So, we all have energy to act according to the Lord's will. We all have, each of us, we are having a particular relationship with the Lord in the spiritual world. We are meant to serve the Lord in a particular way, our own unique way, which the Lord wants us to serve Him. But we have, you know, denounced that service. And have come to this material world and here trying to be <coughs> controllers rather than trying to serve the, con- the actual controller. So, actually we are all endowed with some particular energy to act according to the Lord's will. When the part and parcel living entity forgets his particular activities under the Lord's will, he is considered to be in Maya, illusion. Thus, from the very beginning, Sri Ishopanishad warns us, warns us to be very careful to play the part designated for us by the Lord. This is very important. Ishupanishad starts with what? Ishavasam. First of all, Purnamada Purnamidam. You know, he is complete and we are his part and parcels. We are supposed to cooperate with him. Ishavasamidam Sarvam. Everything belongs to him. So, you know, so Ishupanishad is warning us that what is the actual mode that you have to think and act? Everything is his, not yours. It's his. And use everything is in service. You can live for thousands of years if you have this mentality. Otherwise, you will go to hell. And now, even more information about the Lord, how much He is inconceivable and different from you, because you are totally limited and the Lord is unlimited. He can do contradictory things harmoniously without any problem, like today's verse. Angani yasya sakalendriya vrittimanti pashyanti panti kalayanti charam jaganti Angani yasya sakalendriya vrittimanti Each of His senses, He can perform the actions of every other sense. From his legs he can see, from his hands he can eat through the hands and he can see through his mouth, hear through his heart, everything. Our ears only are used for hearing, our hands are used for taking, our mouth is used for eating. But he can do this from with anything. So, the Lord is completely different from what we are. So, the, the complete supremacy and the complete dependence of us, I mean, over him, I mean, the complete dis- dependence of us uh, with him, that is explained. So, we are never independent of the Lord. 
He is always independent, we are always dependent. So, Ishopanishad warns us to be very careful to play the part designated for us by the Lord. Just like Arjuna said, uh, Krishna said to Arjuna, Nimitta matram bhavasavvisachin. Therefore, get up, prepare to fight and win glory, conquer your enemies and enjoy a flourishing kingdom. They are already put to death by my arrangement. They are, they are already put to death by my arrangement. Don't think I am begging you, I am, I am convincing you to fight because you know I need you. If you leave, you know I, all these Kauravas cannot be killed and you know my plan will be foiled and I will be a loser. No, 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 no. They are already put to death by my plan. And you, O Savyasachi, can be but an instrument in the fight. You know, Savyasachi. Savyasachin means what, you know? Refers to one who can shoot arrows very expertly in the field. Actually, you know what is this? Expertly means. He can shoot arrows both with the right and with the left hand exactly in, with equal power and with equal speed. Nobody can match him that fast. Savyasachin. With right hand and left hand. As fast and as accurate and as precise and as powerful. So, that is Savyasachin. So, Arjuna's another name is Savyasachi because you can do that. So, now use that ability. You have a talent. You are a Savyasachi. He is reminding. Why he used the... He could, said, he could have said, Nimitta matram bhava Arjuna. Nimitta matram bhava Arjuna. No, he did not say. Nimitta matram bhava Savyasachin. You are endowed with the talent of shooting all this very expertly. Where did you get the talent? I have given you this talent. That is supposed to be for my purpose. And my purpose will work without even your talent. I have already put to death by my arrangement. But you now fight and get the blessings by being an instrument in my plan. That is what we need to be. We are not initiators of uh, plans. Krishna has already initiated the plan. We have to execute the plan. In that execution, we can use our intelligence, we can tax our brains how to execute the plan of Krishna, but we don't initiate the plan. Krishna already initiated the plan. Hmm. Going back. So, you see now he is saying, um, that's from the very beginning, Sri Ishopanishad warns us to be very careful to play the part designated for us by the Lord. This does not mean that the individual soul has no initiative of his own. It's not that we don't have any initiative of our own, but... Because he is part and parcel of the Lord, he must partake of the initiative of the Lord as well. When a person properly utilizes his initiative or active nature with intelligence, understanding that everything is the Lord's potency, he can revive his original consciousness, which was lost due to association with Maya, the external energy. Hmm. So, our initiative should be how to execute the initiative of the Lord. For example, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Prithiviti Achi Jatanagaradigram Sarvatra Prachar Hoibumaranam. My name will be spread all over the world, every town and villages that exist on the earth. Now, 
that is the Lord's initiative. He has initiated it, his plan by saying it. Now, Bhaktivinoda Thakur envisioned it. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur actually sent his men out to do it. And Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, our Srila Prabhupada, he has actually gone and done it. Now, the initiative is of the Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's initiative was already there. Now, Srila Prabhupada, in executing that initiative, he took so many initiatives. He started, he first of all convinced that lady to, you know, that Sumati Murarji to give him a free ticket on his, her ship so that he can go to America first. That is an initiative. He tried very hard. That is an initiative. And then he, he, tri- he initiated, you know, he he's translated so many books. That is an initiative. And he constructed so many temples. That's initiative. He cooked. In, even in the America when, you know, everything was so depressing and otherwise... He stayed on, he took initiative and then he started preaching, he started, he went to the park and started singing. All these are initiatives, you know, he, whole worldwide movement he did single-handedly. All this is in his initiative, but all these initiatives are in service of the original initiative of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, in that way, we can have so many plans how to preach. Like Prabhupada said, distribute my books. Now, we can plan how to distribute more books, how to engage in more service. You know, everything, we can make, take initiatives hmm. and, you know, preach. But all that initiatives start with the Lord's initiative. So, but if we try and have our own plan completely separate from the Lord and come to the come to Krishna, Krishna, please fulfill my plan. Um, I want to just be instrument in your plan. Where, where, what is Krishna's plan? What are you? Come on, first of all, surrender and execute his plan. And then, yes. Krishna will give all protection. We cannot have our own plan and ask Krishna to protect our plan. No, no, no. Krishna is asking the other way around. No, no, no. You become an instrument in my plan. Not that I become an instrument in your plan. <laughs> this is completely opposite. Materialists, when they come to God, they come like this. Krishna, I have a plan. You fulfill my plan. So, they want to make Krishna as an instrument in their plan. But Krishna is saying here, Nimitta matram bhavasavvisachin. You become an instrument in my plan. Then that is perfection. Hmm. So, when a person properly utilizes his initiative or active nature with intelligence, understanding that everything is the Lord's potency, he can revive his original consciousness which was lost due to association with Maya, the external energy. All power is obtained from the Lord. Therefore, each particular power must be utilized to execute the will of the Lord and not otherwise. The Lord can be known by one who has adopted such a submissive service attitude. See, the Lord can be known. It's not that he cannot be known. Yes, he is faster and nobody can reach him, nobody can capture him, nobody can understand him. Yes, but he can be known. How? By one who has adopted such a submissive service attitude. There is a verse for this. We will go to that verse and come back. Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 10, Chapter 14, Verse 3, Lord Brahma. Jnane prayasamudapasya namanta eva jivanti sanmukharitam bhavadiya vartam sthane sthita shruti gatam tanuvan manobhir ye prayasho jita jitopyasitaistri lokyam. Those who, even while remaining situated in their established social positions, even if you are not sannyasi, even if you are not a big monk or whatever, wherever you are, just even if you are there, if 
they throw away the process of speculative knowledge that means all the speculations throw away and with their body words and mind offer all respects to descriptions of your personality and activities that means listen to the the topics of krishna dedicating their lives to these narrations which are vibrated by you personally uh, and by your pure devotees certainly conquer your lordship although you are otherwise unconquerable by anyone within these three worlds you see you are unconquerable ajita jita jitopya se taistri lokyam he is ajita nobody can conquer him like today's verse nobody can you know beat him in running or beat him in anything nobody can even approach him but he can be conquered how by submissive hearing by submissive body mind and words after hearing we have to use our body in the service of krishna as he has described in his instructions so we have to hear those instructions we have to speak those instructions to others to help them and we have to glorify the lord and we have to use our body in the service of the lord our intelligence our mind everything in the service of the lord kayena vacha manasendriyairva buddhyatmanava anusruta svabhavat paras what is that tasmai sakalam parasmai what is that i always forget this third line karoti karoti yad yad sakalam parasmai narayana yeti samarpayetat see in accordance with the particular nature one has acquired in conditioned life whatever one does with body words mind senses intelligence or purified consciousness one should offer to the supreme thinking this is for the pleasure of lord narayana so whatever we have talents we have to use it in his service then first of all hearing all starts with hearing submissive hearing and then acting on those instructions then the lord can be known the lord can can be conquered the lord can be captured perfect knowledge means knowing the no- lord in all his features knowing his potencies and knowing how those pot- these potencies work by his will it means what again perfect knowledge what is it what is perfect knowledge means knowing the lord in all his features one two knowing his potencies and three knowing how these potencies work by his will this is complete knowledge perfect knowledge these matters are described by the lord in the bhagavad gita the essence of all the upanishads all right question time all right wow we have so many questions okay we will try to go through them as soon as possible so virendra prabhu first question why does realizations given by different preachers and spiritual gurus and disciples succession from krishna regarding krishna's pastimes always seem interesting or unique mm yeah i mean krishna's actually we will take the verse out krishna's topics are always ever fresh very beautiful verse from the 12th canto 12th chapter verse 50 tadevaram yam ruchiram navam navam tadeva shashvan manaso mahotsavam tadeva shokar navashoshanam narnam yaduttama shloka yashonugiyate 
those words describing the glories of the all famous personality of godhead are attractive relishable and ever fresh indeed such words are a perpetual festival for the mind and they dry up the ocean of misery and when we hear these words in the company of devotees uh it's a very good question actually 32525 satam prasangan mama virya samvedo bhavante hrutkarnai rasayana katha in the association of pure devotees, discussion of the pastimes and activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very pleasing and satisfying to the ear and the heart. By cultivating such knowledge, one gradually becomes advanced on the path of liberation and thereafter his freed and his attraction becomes fixed. Then, real devotion and devotional service begin. See? And... Um, yeah. Bhagavad Gita, chapter 10, text 9. Machitta madgata prana bodhayantas parasparam kathayantas chamam nityam tushyanti charamanticha. The thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me, their lives are fully devoted to my service, and they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another and conversing about me. Finally, we have from Srimad Bhagavatam and Adhuvas, 11th Canto, 3rd Chapter, 30th Verse, which is Parasparanu Kathanam Pavanam Bhagavadyashaha Mithor Ratir Mithastushtir Nivrittir Mitha Atmanaha. One should learn how to associate with the devotees of the Lord by gathering with them to chant the glories of the Lord. This process is most purifying. As devotees thus develop their loving friendship, they feel mutual happiness and satisfaction. And by thus encouraging one another, they are able to give up material sense gratification, which is the cause of all suffering. See? How it is always ever fresh and so so attractive that it even attracts the impersonalists, which is 5, 12, 13, I think. Let me see. Yeah. This is one. Yeah. Who are the pure devotees mentioned here? In an assembly of pure devotees, there is no question of discussing material subjects like politics and sociology. In an assembly of pure devotees, there is discussion only of the qualities, forms and pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is praised and worshipped with full attention. In the association of pure devotees, by constantly hearing such topics respectfully, even a person who wants to merge into the existence of the Absolute Truth, abandons this idea and gradually becomes attached to the service of Vasudev. It is so attractive. All these newer and newer realizations. Let's go to that verse. See, how many verses are there just to... Explain one question, I mean. Um, yeah. Yadavadhimamachetaha Krishna padara vinde navanavarasadhamanyudyatam rantumasit 
तदवधिबतनारी संगमे स्मर्यमाने भवति मुखविकार सुष्ठु निष्ठीवनम च Since my mind has been engaged in the service of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna and I have been enjoying an ever new transcendental humor whenever I think of sex life with a woman my face at once turns from it and I spit at the thought Navanavarasadhamanyuddhatamrantumasit this line which is I have been enjoying an ever new transcendental humor humor means mellow or relationship or um feeling feeling ever new transcendental you know um what is that stimuli you know <clears throat> rasa rasa is actually very difficult to exactly translate into english navanavarasa i have been experiencing these newer and newer tastes of you know all these different explanations different you know realizations of devotees so all this so yeah like that <laughs> beautiful but yeah, i think this is the last verse of the 10th canto vishwambar prabhu has shared in the comments we'll just go to that beautiful verse 109050 but you know what we can go on and on and on the class will never end you know मर्तस्तयानुसवेधिया मुकुंद श्रीमत्कथाश्रवणकीर्तनचिंतुस्तरकृतापवर्गम ग्रामाद्वनम क्षितिभुजो बै रेग्युलरली हियरिंग चांटिंग एंड मेडिटेटिंग ऑन द ब्यूटिफुल टॉपिक्स ऑफ लॉर्ड मुकुंद with ever increasing sincerity a mortal being will attain the divine kingdom of the lord where the incon Uh, inviolable power of death holds no sway for this purpose many persons including great kings abandoned their mundane homes and took to the forest why they went to the forest to hear about the lord just like parikshit maharaj all right first question only done we have a lot lot to cover okay virendra prabhu's second question does supreme lord's internal energy or mercy of krishna upon his devotees gives chance for his devotees to be with supreme lord either acting as a friend consider god as a son or a conjugal lover without making the devotee thinking or treat god with awe and reverence in higher stages of prema yes so because of yoga maya potency they don't remember or they are not uh, they are transcendentally not aware of the greatness of krishna just like maha yashoda maya she is always thinking krishna is my son you know um if she knows that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead she will not behave with him like a mother and chastise him t- tie him up she will not do all these things so she is like oh this is supreme personality oh hare krishna you know <laughs> krishna doesn't want that he wants a stick enough of everybody is chanting all shlokas and mantras i want stick somebody to hold the stick and beat me first so the mother shoda you know she is qualified to do that so for that to happen if i know that he is a supreme lord where will i have hold a stick so they forget but that forgetfulness is not maya because they don't forget krishna they don't forget krishna and their service to krishna is not hampered whereas in maya service to krishna is hampered we forget krishna whereas maha uh, yoga maya they forget the greatness of krishna so that that intimate relationship is and that service is done at a much higher level so there is totally different forgetfulness
Next question. Again, Virendra Prabhu. Those who do neti neti, that is that is not our are an illusion or maya because maya means that which is not. So yogis, jnanis are in maya except bhaktas who want to attain lotus feet of Krishna. Yes. Yes. The, those who are in all this neti neti, they not this, not this, not this. But maya means not this, not that, you know. Um, illusion. But actually they are trying to deduce what is absolute truth by not this, not this, not this. But actually they are in this world of not this, which is Maya, you know. Yes. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu from USA. How can one get the grace of the bona fide Guru to have the proper understanding of the Vedas? Kono Bhagyavan Jeev. E Brahmanda Brahmite Kono Bhagyavan Jeev. Guru Krishna Prasada Pai Bhakti Lata Beach. So one has to be fortunate enough to get the grace of the Guru. And actually this fortune starts with sincerity. If we are sincere, the Lord will direct us to the proper spiritual master. And directing us to the proper spiritual master is not the end in itself. Is not the end in itself. Because so many of Prabhupada's disciples, they all came to Prabhupada. Why? How, they, how come they met the bona fide spiritual master? There was some grain of sincerity, right? They all started sincerely. But then other weeds took over. So sincerity of purpose is what? Then Krishna notices that in the heart and then he sends us the bona fide guru. But then again, we have to have, we should continue with that sincerity and not be swayed by all the weeds that come along with our devotional service. So as we advance in devotional service, it's easy to become proud. Oh, Prabhu, you're giving good class, Prabhu. Yes, I'm a good speaker. Or, you're a good book distributor. Yes, I'm a good book distributor. I'm the best book distributor. I mean, transcendental competition is good, but, you know, if I become proud, then, like Arjuna, you know, he fought the greatest battle and then, when some, after Krishna left the planet, then he couldn't even fight with some cowherd men with his same bow and arrow. Couldn't even fight with some cowherd men. He lost to cowherd men. So, if the Lord wants to withdraw, he can withdraw at any time. So, we should always know that everything is by the grace of the Lord and I have to become submissive. And <clears throat> as devotees, we should be humble enough to take corrections from other devotees, especially those who are senior to us. If we go and challenge them, challenge those who are correcting us and then, no, 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 I am right, you know, I'm, who are you to tell me? Then, that attitude will not get us very far in devotional service. We will fall, we will fall. So, again, what was the question? How to get the grace? Yeah. So, we have to be sincere throughout and not be carried away by this false ego either in the beginning or in the later stages, even after taking shelter of the spiritual master. Actually, taking shelter of the spiritual master means to completely surrender. But if I still have all this big, big ego, that means I have not yet surrendered. <clears throat> I may say I have surrendered, but that's just lip service. Surrender means, you know, it's a totally different ball game, you know. It's easily, easier said than done. In the association of devotees, actually, we learn this, how to become submissive. Alone, we cannot become submissive. We cannot. Therefore, we have to engage in the company of devotees. And that's how we will be trained 
and that's how we can get the grace of the spiritual master by becoming a menial servant. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, next question. Why did Krishna had to behave as Ranachor? Again, we know he had a plan of waking up Muchukunda and you know at the same time, I mean he does many things at the same time. So again, this is also one of the funny parts of him, which is like Dhira Lalita, when he he was supposed to be like the Dhirodhata kind of person. He was he acted as a Dhira Lalita and he acted funny. But again, all this he's he's worshipped as Ranachor. Even though he ran away from the battlefield, it's, it's like a disgrace, complete disgrace to a warrior to run away from the battlefield. Ranachor means one who ran away or you know, ran away from the battlefield. I mean, it's a complete disgrace, but <laughs> he's worshipped as Ranachor because by doing that, um, he he enacted another pastime. He woke up Muchukunda, Muchukunda and then Muchukunda offered his prayers and he so he benedicted Muchukunda at the same time and he did not kill to do get killed by krishna also is in a blessing but this this demon he 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 was not killed by krishna he was killed by muchukunda so he is not as blessed as others maybe who are killed by krishna so so many things are happening in one leela of krishna so so many things in fact there is explanation also like what are the different um, explanations of why he became ranachor so you know he does many things whether he is Makkanchor or Ranachor, he is always worshipped. That is Krishna. Then next. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu again. Was Krishna also holding a conch during the war? Uh, yes, he was also holding a conch. He was always also holding a whip. But he, he did not hold the conch all the time. You know, he was, no. <laughs> he was holding the bridle in one hand. The bridle or bridle, I don't know how it is pronounced. And whip in the other. That's what I think. Let's see if that verse we can take out. Chapter Kanto uh, 1, Chapter 9, Text 39. Bhishma Dev is saying. Vijayaratha Kutumba Atta Totre Dhrita Hayarashmini Tachriyekshaniye Bhagavati Ratirastu Memu Murshor Yamiha Nirikshahata Gataswarupam. At the moment of death, let my ultimate attraction be to Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. I concentrate my mind upon the chariot driver of Arjuna who stood with a whip in his right hand and a bridle rope with his left which hand is holding which he is also very attentive, you see. Who was very careful to give protection to Arjuna's chariot by all means. Those who saw him on the battlefield of Kurukshetra attained their original forms after death. So, this is the description of Bhishma Dev, how he is meditating. He knows the details which, which hand was holding which one. In fact, later on when he took up the wheel of the chariot and charged against Bhishma and then his cloth fell down. Everything he remembered, you know, that is meditation. You know, Bhishmadeva was on this battlefield where, you know, it's, you know, with thousands and millions of people dying. But he was perfect in his meditation on Krishna. He was fully attentive to all the details. Uh, when we look at the deity, how attentively we, do we look? We look at the deity and then come out, we don't even remember what color was the dress today, you know. Or which ornament, where he put, you know. We, we don't even look at him closely. But you see how closely Bhishmadeva is looking at 
um, Krishna. Corn shell, yes, he, he will tuck, tuck in, uh, you know, his waist, you know, pouch and all that. There are many places. And just like Arjuna, he blew the conch shell, but not that whole war. He was holding the conch shell and holding the bow and arrow and fighting like this. No. But Krishna, he can hold the conch shell, he can hold the horses, he can hold everything, but he was just not doing it when he was. Uh, sometimes he was blowing, sometimes he was with the whip. He can be with the both also at the same time. What is the problem with him? He can do anything. He can. Nothing is a problem for him. Right? But Bhishma Dev is saying that he held the uh, left hand bridle rope and the right hand whip. So we will take the Mahajans. He can do anything, but what he did, that is explained by Bhishma Dev here. Um, okay, Virendra Prabhu, how can Nitya Baddha devotees become Nitya Mukta devotees? Just follow the spiritual master. Short answer. 100%. Virendra Prabhu, next question. Why do devotees experience miseries in the material world? Is it due to the sins they have done in their past lives and the result in Prarabdha Karma? But Krishna says, Sarvadharman Parityajjavan, one surrenders and performs bhakti. Krishna relieves the devotee of his past sins and assures devotee eternal abode. Okay, let's go. Ah. Ten fourteen eight. Tatenu kampam susamikshamano bhunjana evatma kritam vipakam ridvagvapur bhir vidadhan namaste jiveta yo mukti padesadaya bhak. My dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him, all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past, past misdeeds and offering your respectful obeisances with his heart, with his heart, words and body, is surely eligible for liberation, for it has become his rightful claim. Srila Sridhar Swami explains in his commentary that just as a legitimate son, okay, this first paragraph is one thing. Hmm. The word Susamikshamana indicates that a devotee earnestly awaits the mercy of the Supreme Lord, even while suffering the painful effects of previous sinful activities. Lord Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully surrenders unto him, he is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma. However, because in his mind, a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality. When we surrender to Krishna, he will rid us of all sinful reactions. But have we surrendered to Krishna? That is the question in mind. Now, that is, a, that is the question we need to consider. Did we actually surrender to Krishna completely? As one surrenders, that much I will reward. And uh, now it goes further. Now, Lord Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita that devotee who fully surrenders unto him is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma. However, because in his mind a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality, the Lord removes the last vestiges of the enjoying spirit by giving his devotee punishments that may sometimes resemble sinful reactions. The purpose of the entire creation of God is to rectify the living entity's tendency to enjoy without the Lord. And therefore, the particular punishment given for a sinful activity is specifically designed to curtail the mentality that produced the activity. Although a devotee has surrendered to the Lord's devotional service, until he is completely perfect in Krishna consciousness, he may maintain a slight inclination to enjoy the false happiness of this world, which means not enough surrender. The Lord therefore creates a particular situation to eradicate this remaining enjoying spirit. This unhappiness 
suffered by a sincere devotee is not technically a karmic reaction. It is rather the Lord's special mercy for inducing his devotee to completely let go of the material world and return home back to Godhead. That's the reason there is a Sridhar Swami's explanation of what is this um, sufferings of the devotees. All right, next. Ajanya Mataji, is Chintamani in the constitu- is the constituent particle of Vaikuntha Loka? Well, yeah, everything is Chintamani there. Everything is touchstone. Uh, then next question. I heard something about Achir Marga. What is about it? What is Achir Marga? I don't know what is about it. I don't know what is Achir Marga. Next question, Virendra Prabhu, why many religions like Islam, Sikhism say God is impersonal while many religions like Hindus, Christians say God is person? Even the Mayavadis say God is impersonal, Vaishnavas worship God having personal form. Actually, all religions are personal. Even in Islam, there is references to personal forms, personal indications of the Lord. That it is said that many, actually the many verses in Quran which also point to personal feature, but they are not so much stressed. Just like the Isha Upanishad uh, or Upanishads, they usually stress on the impersonal aspect of the Lord. Just to negate his form from the material forms that we know in this material world, he is mentioned as Nirakar. But Nirakar means two things. One, he doesn't have an Akar like what we know Akar is. So, he doesn't have a material form. The other form is, other meaning is Nira. Nir means also the highest superlative. Nirakar means he is the best, he has the best form of everything. He has the ultimate form. So, that is another meaning of Nirakar. Just like Nirguna. Nirguna means um, without quality, which means no qualities, no, no, which seemingly points to impersonalism, but actually that is Sankracharya's misinterpretation. But actually Nirguna means he is above the three modes and he has no qualities uh, no material qualities. So, he has spiritual qualities. He has Nirguna. He has the best qualities. So, in this way, he is, even in Islam, it is said that uh, he is light. It is his light. So, and he sat on a throne. If he is impersonal, how can he sit on a throne? Sit, just like today's verse. He is running faster than anybody. He is controlling the, the... So, that means what? He is a person. Similarly, uh, it is said Allah sat on the throne, you know. How can he sit on the throne if he is not a person? So, actually there are, actually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke to the Muslims and from the Quran and he has explained to them the personal aspect of God. Same with Sikhism. Sikhism also, um, Guru Nanak Ji, he was always chanting Ram Nam Japo. He is actually advising everybody Ram Nam Japo. Later on became Vaheguru and you know, by Guru Gobind Singh, by the 10th descendant and all, many things changed into impersonalism. Even with so-called Hinduism, I mean, everybody, mostly 99% of them are impersonalists or some demigod worshippers or they basically don't know what they are doing. Only Vaishnavas, they know actually what is real religious. Mahajano yenagata sapanta dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam. It is, real religion is carefully hidden in the heart of a Mahajan. So, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavanti, Shabdhyati, three stages, easily one can come to the Brahmeti, impersonal stage. But to come to Paramatma and especially Bhagavan is very, very rare, is very, very rare and very fortunate one who can actually come to that. 
well even in christians there is personal and impersonal also you know there are so many factions within christianity as well <clears throat> even jews jains and buddhists believe in impersonal god yeah so buddhists actually believe in no god then again so krishna smaranam kaul uh, kaul sir prabhu actually coming back to the previous question again real religion this way the vedic religion is the complete religion it has everything hmm. so according to time and circumstance there may be you know a necessity of introducing religions like this you know buddhism and all that but ultimately vedic religion is what always stands to the test of time all others are like temporary emergency measures krishna smaranam prabhu you say that the mind is the strongest of the senses so what is the position of the intelligence so the intelligence is sharpened of course it is higher than the mind the sixth senses which include the mind the mind is considered the sixth sense intelligence is considered is not counted among the senses actually um if you see in the fifth 15th chapter bhagavad gita it is also a material element even false ego is a material element but then it is not counted in, among the senses mind though is control is considered among the senses mamaivamsho jeeva loke loke jeeva bhuta sanatana manah shashtha shashtha means six shashthani indriyani shashthani means six you see shashthani shashthani six shashthani indriyani prakriti sthani karshati so the living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts due to conditioned life they are struggling very hard with the six senses which include the mind so mind is also considered one of the senses but the inter- intelligence is not considered one of the senses it is also another material element but it can be used to control the mind if it is strengthened by spiritual knowledge but if it has no spiritual mo- knowledge the intelligence will become subservient to the mind and it will it will carry uh, and will execute the dictations of the unbridled mind and intelligence is used in that way so like for example if if i want to rob and if i am a hacker and if i you know mess around with the code and then hack into a bank whatever software so that is a work of intelligence you need to be intelligent to do that but because his intelligence is not sharpened by spiritual knowledge his intelligence has succumbed to the dictates of the mind and the mind is dictating let's rob and intelligence instead of telling the mind hey nonsense what robbing you know you get into all sorts of trouble stay away from it no the intelligence becomes subservient all all right you want to rob all right i will help you rob in the best possible way i will crack this code so that's why intelligence has to be strengthened sharpened by spiritual knowledge that's actually this is all stated in the fourth chapter of bhagavad gita how we have to sharpen our intelligence with knowledge all right ajanya mataji sri prabhupad said about his books that he could write the words as krishna is saying to him so he need to study his own books because even though he wrote it it was coming only as an instrument to write the messages from krishna so he read the book more and more is it right not that he need to write need to read he enjoys to read we need to read because otherwise we'll go into maya he enjoys because he's already whether he is reading or not he's already with krishna he is already thinking of krishna but he likes to read he loves to read because he he he, he likes to hear the glorification of krishna it's not that he needs we need we don't do it we are not thinking of krishna 
but he even if he is not reading he is thinking of Krishna so <clears throat> it is not that when Krishna said and he wrote and he did not know what he was writing he is just you know like sometimes when the te- teacher dictates and then you write and then, but you are not paying attention to what actually you are writing you are just writing and writing and writing. no it is not like that the pure devotee will have full realization in fact even Mahabharat Vyasadeva was dictating and Ganesh was writing. The condition was that Ganesh should write very very fast but he should not start writing unless he has understood what Vyasadeva has said. That shloka. Only if he has understood then he can write. That means how fast Ganesh had to be. As Vyasadeva was saying he had to understand and write. If there is no understanding he cannot write. He should not write. That was the condition. Actually, that was the condition for all any reproducers. Previously, people used to reproduce the scriptures by writing it in good handwriting. And But they cannot write, they are not allowed to write if they don't understand what they are writing. Because they can maybe change and maybe, you know, or maybe mistake, make a mistake. So, he has to completely understand what is the shloka telling about. Then only he can reproduce. So, a person with full understanding and then repeat and then with a good handwriting he can write he can rip in this way the scriptures were uh, reproduced but of course now we have the printing press millions of copies Virendra Prabhu what is free will of living entity why does the jiva act independently in material world as per his free will the supreme will of God act upon the jiva in material world which actually acts on the jiva on the spiritual world the supreme will of god act upon the jiva and the material no you see free will is inherent quality that is uh, that is our independence because the, we are part and parcel of the lord the lord is independent he can do whatever he wants and we are part and parcel of the lord so we also have that quality of independence just like the ocean water is salty but then a drop of the ocean water is also salty but the amount of salt is less but the salty nature is the same so because the lord is independent we are also independent because we are his part and parcel but then our independence is very small we can only choose to serve him or not serve him these two choices we have and we out of our great genius mind we have chosen not to serve him and therefore we are put in this genius loka and we are suffering our genius miseries so that is our problem It is not that the Supreme Lord wants us to suffer. No. It is just we went against. And he doesn't interfere with our independence. All right. You know, whenever you are free, whenever you have understood your mistake, you can come back. I will I will also help you to understand. And you know, I will come to the material world repeatedly. Yadayadharmasya. Sambhavami yuge yuge. You know, I will come. Yadayadharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutanam adharmasya tadatmanam srujamyam. Paritranaya sadhunam, vinashaya sadhuskritam, dharma samsthabhanarthaya sambhavama yuge yuge. I will come and help you also. By my causeless mercy, I don't need to come. You have become a nonsense and you have went away, but I will still come. Because after all, you are my son, I love you still. So, Krishna is very kind. So, he comes. But that independence we have inherently because we are part and parcel of the Lord. Mardamutta Prabhu. Oh, I think this is Murari Prabhu. Uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 5.2 explain to me well okay anything related to this topic I would take it up but you know what it's very very late and we can't go into divert to other topics 
What is Bhagavad Gita? Sannyasa. Oh, the renunciation of work and work in devotion are both good for liberation, but of the two, the work in devotion service is better than renunciation of work. Basically, if you stop doing everything and do nothing, um, it is better than doing bad things because you are not, not doing anything. But it is not good enough because unless you do good things, it is not good. So you are not doing anything is it doesn't it doesn't make you naishkarmi or free from sin, sinful activities. So just renunciation of work is not good enough. So what is bad things? What are good things? Bad things are sinful activities. Any even pious activities in this world are actually different shades of sinful activities only. So any materialistic activity is bad. So to give up that materialistic activity is good in a sense because okay you are not doing it but you can't stay on not doing anything you have to do something because you are active you are not dead stone you are so you have to do so if you have no information of spiritual activities you have to go back to material activities so that's why ultimately it is a failure but if we engage in devotional work we are automatically not doing sinful activity or so called pious activity and we are also not sitting idle and wasting time we are engaged in positive spiritual activity which is the actual constitutional position of a living entity basically in short that is the meaning i hope you understood but i can't go very much deep into this because it's a little bit different subject again we have many questions oh my krishna okay hari krishna prabhu if krishna is ever young why he is looking very old in the incarnations like advaita vyasadev parashuram uh, vyasadev and parashuram it is not said that said that they are old yeah. but he is very ugly in vyasadevs yeah so again it's his will you know who who can interfere who can interfere so if he wants to be as old man he can be the oldest man if he wants and if he wants to be ugliest he can be the most ugliest if he wants this is supreme lord you know he is he is always he is always extreme every extreme is there in him harmoniously you know there's no, there's nothing that can you know be outside of the lord Oh, he cannot be this. He cannot be that. He he can be if he wants. He is Navaya Ogunam, but he if he wants to be as old, he is as old. Who who can stop it? <laughs> yeah. Also, please give us some tips for coming Nirjal Pandav Nirjal fasting. Chant more, and read more, and do some service. What more? Aye, Papa. uh question uh, prabhu why krishna lost war with jarasandha that is making me to laugh where krishna lost the war he defeated him every time uh. i don't know he is acting or originally got defeated because many people say where he did he lose the war what he won the war all the time jarasandha always lost Aya Prabhu, um, Prabhu does really Gandhari curse the Lord that Dwaraka and residents of Dwaraka are to destroy? Why so? Yeah, she cursed him, but the Lord, nobody can curse him, right? But his devotees, if they curse him, he will accept the curse. Nobody can control the Lord, but the devotees can. So Gandhari is actually a great devotee. So Krishna had a plan how to end his. you know his dwarka all the yadavas and everything but so he this was part of the plan and he accepted it he in fact made gandhari to curse him right he is in her heart also what inspired her to curse him he 
you know so and even dhritarashtra also said that i know the pandavas are always right i know my son is a rascal i know krishna is the supreme personality of godhead but something just doesn't allow me to uh, stop supporting my son's nefarious activities i just don't understand there is some unseen force which is just forcing me to have such unbounded affection for my son that i that i have to support his uh, moves although i know that what he is doing is wrong what is the unseen force that is the will of the lord again so these are all you know past times of the lord gaurav gaurav prabhu about question on mind intelligence and ego we are approaching krishna consciousness through mind and intelligence where we understand we are jiva but it's still an understanding through mind when is the point we will realize we are jiva not from mind but from realization yes so first we are hearing first with our ears or reading and then with our mind with our intelligence we try to you know when the mind and intelligence is sharpened with spiritual knowledge then it is acting spiritually but then again yes it is theoretically understanding it understanding it but to realize it yes that requires practice so we have to engage in devotional service we have to start engaging not just okay now i have to chant i have to do all my services everything i have to engage myself and as we become purified of all our anarthas then we start to realize yes i am not this body i am the soul aham brahmasmi these are all things we will realize as we go first is first of all understanding what is correct and then we will realize just like a in science there is theory and practical in the lab you actually do it that's when you actually okay you actually do it until then it's in the textbooks but it is still a fact even though it's in the textbook it's a fact when we actually do it then we will have experience of it so first we have to accept it then as we accept the process then we will experience it just like a recipe a recipe gives you the end product okay this will this is what is you going to get if you follow this process okay we can understand it but then until we do it we don't really get the hang of it and once we actually do all the steps in the recipe then finally the end product comes out you know and as we go closer and closer to the end product it starts to look more like the end product the whatever the thing that we are cooking and then yeah and finally it is the actual the real thing so similarly now we know that there is a recipe for us now now we have to execute on that recipe and then there will be the realization virendra prabhu is the mind mirror of the soul the mind acts on behalf of soul to perform karma well it's actually not the mind it's the false ego uh 11 ah uh, let me see if i can get this right 11 No, not this. No, what is that? Wait a second, huh? Oh, what was is that? It's a false ego. Hmm. Is it eleven five thirteen? Is that doesn't sound right? No, not eleven five thirteen. Eleven twenty eight fifteen exactly correct. Yeah, not eleven eight fifteen. Eleven twenty eight fifteen. Okay, good. Thank you for the comment and. Uh, 
here we are yeah शोकहर्षभयक्रोध लोभ मोह स्पृहादय अहंकार से दृश्यंते जन्म मृत्युश्चनात्म लैमटेशन इलेशन फियर एंगर ग्रीड कन्फ्यूजन इन हैंकरिंग एज वेल एज बर्थ एंड डेथ आर एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ द फॉल्स ईगो एंड नॉट ऑफ द प्योर सोल वी हैव अनदर क्वेश्चन अयपा प्रभु डज वॉचिंग महाभारत फ्रॉम टी वी शो इज ओके फॉर डिवोटिस दे आर शोइंग दो सीन्स इन अ वेरी ग्रैंड मैनर ऑल्सो वेरी इजली अंडरस्टैंडेबल दैन रीडिंग द होल महाभारत I don't know what you will understand from that because many many things are left out. I think the older version is much more closer to the Mahabharat. But then how how hard can be can it be to read the Mahabharat? You'll appreciate even more when you read because there are more so much more detail that can't be shown on the screen. Um so yeah, you you read it. Okay. I think that's the end of it. Thank you very much for such a long session. I'm sorry. थैंक यू फॉर कमिंग ऑन एंड विल सी यू टुमारो श्री ईशोपनिषद की जय श्री प्रभुपाद की जय अनंत गौरी वैष्णव वृंद की जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा